What's poppin'? The Drew and Mike Show, rolling from the dealsnadie.com studios. We've got a fun show today. Carl is going to join us, and Carl is jumping in on a podcast we've never really explored. Eddie Trunk, who is really one of the better music podcasts out there because he talks to a lot of these guys. I mean, a lot of these guys. I wish I had the Rolodex Eddie Trunk has, and he stays in touch, and he stays on top, and all that. But anyway... The Ace Freely Paul Stanley thing has really been taking place on Eddie's show. So Ace gave Paul a week to apologize for saying on the Stern show that Kiss would have sounded like piss if they had had Ace and Peters play at the Rock Hall. And Paul did not apologize Ooh. within a week. So this is the updated show. And I have a feeling Carl probably is going to have some fun with this because I listened to some of it this morning and it's... <laughs> Anything with Ace is funny, in my opinion. Ace has a new supporter, though. I don't know if you saw the story about Elvis. Elvis Presley? Yeah. I did. I, I didn't, didn't really read it. Elvis, uh, was Elvis spoken out about Kiss recently? Yes. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll give you the story. Give me a second here. Find it. Huge But uh, one of the reasons he likes it is because of that demonic guitar. Oh, yeah, I get Ace it, man. Freely. I get it, man. Uh, what's that sound, man? Uh, I never heard a guitar like that. I, I totally get what these guys are doing. Uh, I love the logo. I love the the outfits and the makeup. Um, that's of weird. Of course, I, he'd like the outfits. Of course, yeah, of course he would. No, he probably wishes he could wear one. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, man. Why can't I wear one? What do you hey, mean? Hey, Kiss, come over here, Kiss. Come Wouldn't that have been great <laughs> if Elvis just said, I, I think I'm going to start putting on makeup? He meets him and does the same thing with the Beatle. Hey, Kiss, come over here, Kiss. Come here, Beatle. I just like the idea of him going on stage. I mean, there's only one thing better than Kiss, and that's me dressed up like Kiss, Kiss. singing my songs. He just totally rips off their makeup. That'd be great. You are strung out. Well, like I said, Ace, there's just nothing about Ace that isn't fun. And I like Ace. I think yeah. he's a great player, and I, I like some of his solo stuff. But once I read Kiss and Tell by Gordon Gebert, which we talked about a lot in the show, uh, this guy had so many crazy Ace stories about Ace dressing up in Nazi clothes and just being just being an asshole. I mean, just being an idiot. Like when Diana Ross was dating Gene mm -hmm. and she was walking out of the sound check, Ace yells, oh, don't forget your spears, <laughs> which was apparently a reference to a racial <laughs> yeah. slur. Yeah. And then when Gene got in his face, he said, I said beers. Don't forget your beers. What, what's the big deal? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Although you got to give him some credit. It's a good cover. And my favorite story is when Gordon's talking about an hour before Ace was going on at some club he was playing. And he said, somehow I just never pictured Jimmy Page gently pushing the steam button to stick the logos on the merch <laughs> an hour before the show, which Ace was doing, because he was completely disorganized. So funny. So that was a routine every night. Instead of making, you know, a thousand at once or something, you go, oh my God, I got to have some merch. Next thing you know, he's, <laughs> he's steaming these logos on his shirts. Well, that's good. That shows some effort, and uh, you know, yeah, I, you know, side hustles. They'd call that today. They'd call that a side hustle. And then uh, constantly complaining that equipment wasn't good enough, and taking it apart, and then just leaving it apart and never putting it back together. <laughs> just a garage full of amps taken apart and not put back together. I mean, there were so many stories. I mean, this is like the guy that should never have had money, but once he had money, watch out. He also abused drugs and alcohol. He did abuse drugs and alcohol. Oh, there were some famous car crashes involving Ace, too. And 
Oh, God, there were so many surgeries. I got to go. Hold I, on to your dick! I'm telling you, that band, for being as old as they are, they stay in the news cycle all the time. I know a lot of it is because their promotion. They're always selling Kiss crap. They're very good at it. But even even this week, you have Paul Stanley under fire for his uh, yeah his tweets, and it's just it's it's insane. I know Paul usually is left out of all this stuff. Paul's pretty good at staying out of trouble. It seems. I see. I don't think Gene and Paul, honestly, one of the reasons that they couldn't bear Ace and Peter was because they were raging rock stars. Yeah. And Gene and Paul are pretty straight. They're businessmen. I, yeah, they're, they're in it for the money. They really are. Um, but yeah, they do. They stay in the new. They're a big band. They're a really big band. And, and sometimes I forget how big they are. And also, they do have some music I like. I mean, no way around it. But that whole thing with the Rock Hall and not letting Ace and it's Peter play. Petty. It was stupid. It, it's about it's about protecting the brand, the new brand of Kiss, without Ace and Peter. It's a better band. God, they would have been great if there was like social media back then. It's a better band, oh. but nobody knows and remembers the names of the you know no. the updated lineup. They always remember the original. No, nobody ever. Everybody would like to see Ace and Peter with Kiss one more time. Chris, uh, would they really sound that much different? No. And then remember the remember, no. remember the guy who was Oh, unless Ace is fucking with the equipment again. <laughs> they could sound way different. Do you remember the guy on Donahue who was homeless who said he was Peter Chris? No. Yeah. Yeah, this guy was totally homeless. He looked a little like wait, is it Peter? What's his name? Peter Chris, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. This guy <laughs> was homeless. He slightly resembled Peter Chris. And he said, yeah, I've been homeless. I'm down on my luck. And I was in Kiss. You know, uh, 10, 20 years ago, I was in Kiss. And, and the producer said, good enough for me. You're yes, books. Exactly. And really? I, I believe they did a show. It's got to be online. Yeah. There it, it, says, it says that Peter Chris confronted his imposter on TV. Oh, wow. I want to see that. That's That guy great. does look like Peter Chris a little bit. Yeah, the guy was getting, uh, people were giving him money and he was staying in hotels and he got some limousines and stuff. Sounds like Dwight Inge. Yeah. I don't see the video, though. Oh, man. It's got to be searching. It's be I'm pretty sure too. it was on Donahue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like it is, yeah. Anyway, uh, we're in the Deals in the D.com D- studios, and Hall Financials are our presenting sponsor. Of course, uh, if you're looking for a program to get some down payment money, they just announced a 1% down program with $4,000 in forgivable down payment assistance for qualified buyers. People are jumping on this. and a if it's a good time to buy for you, the first call you need to make is to Hall Financial. And if you're not making a down payment or looking to buy a house, maybe it's a refi, you need to know how much equity is in your home, it takes them five minutes to figure that out. It's just a five-minute quick quiz. And you can go to their website and click the link to get started for Hall's Above and Beyond five-star service or call 866-CALL-HALL and make sure to tell them you come from this program. Uh, then we have um, our friends at Zot. Our longtime friends at Zot. We want to toss out a massive thank you to Greg H., Tanya T., Vincent S., JT, and Amanda K. for their purchases at Zot Ford and Holly. People still making the hike out there. It's not that far. Because when you support our sponsors, you support the Drew and Mike show. And they do take care of people. So if you're in the market for something new or pre-loved, or if you just want to sell your car, give our friends at Zot a shot. They've been with us from the very start, and they love taking care of you. So get out there and lease a new 22 Ford Bronco Sport Big Bend all-wheel drive as low as $2.99 a month. Or buy the damn thing with 1.9% financing for 72 months. Or stop by Zot and lease a new 22 Ford Explorer XLT four-wheel drive as low as $282 a month. Or buy this cheeky bastard with 1.9% financing for 72 months. 
Finally, go lease a new 22 Ford F-150 Super Crew XLT 4x4 at $244 a month or lower. Yes, you could save another 20 to 50 bucks if you qualify for a Ford private offer. Give Anthony or Gabara a call today to see if you're eligible. Plus, you can buy this bad boy with 2.9% financing. I think at these interest rates. For 72 months. Get details, search their uh, bang and inventory at dealsnad.com and Legacy Partners. We've been partners with Legacy for over a year now, and boy, they've helped a lot of people save a lot of money. Have you checked your home and auto insurance rates lately? If you haven't checked in the past year, chances are you could be paying too much. If you work with Legacy Partners, they won't let that happen. They keep an eye on your rates and continuously shop carriers to make sure you have the best program. If you haven't called them this year, then call them now. And you'll probably end up uh, very unhappy with your current provider. And not only do they provide home and auto, they have great life insurance programs. And they can get you signed up for Medicare, Medicaid. Give them a call today for any instant need at 586-209-4106. Or just go to our website and click the link to get started with Legacy Partners. 586-209-4106. Yeah. Say what? Am I distracting you? Oh, no, it's okay. Working on the lighting here. Which is occasionally a problem. Now, we're, by the way, our YouTube videos are doing very well lately. Subscribe, please. We're up to, I think, about 7,500. And I think uh, Jim, Jim is getting better at, at making the selections. It's hard because you think, oh, that's going to kill. And then you see it gets 600 views or something. It's like, oh, my God. I'm it is one view, and it says it was uploaded at 6 a.m. this morning. I'm such a loser. What made me think that? And then, you know, Jim picks one. I go, oh, what is he picking that for? And he'll get 4,000 views. And I'm like, wow, what am I thinking about? Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be you doing... wouldn't understand. You're not with it. We still really haven't done much live on YouTube, but we will. Or maybe we'll just put a show on YouTube or half a show or something. And Do it live. you can uh, take a look. You can watch a show. It's not that painful. Some people really like oh, to watch a show. They like watching Brandon do the drops. They watch seeing Brandon's brain go off for a drop, and then the next thing you know, that furious typing, and boom! Or uh, they like looking at Trudy. I see a lot of comments about Trudy. Trudy's, right, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, uh, Gordon Lightfoot died today. Oh, man. And Gordon was 84 years old. Uh... Tom Labuda, I, I suppose maybe we should call Tom, see if he's taking the Evan Fitzgerald out for a spin. Uh, Canada's greatest songwriter, many people called him. Born in 1938, November 17th, so his birthday was not coming up really soon, so Tom Masway won't feel bad. Yeah, that's good. Had some early hits in Canada. The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down the big lake they call One about the uh, Detroit riots called Black Day in July. He had a number one hit in the country charts. Let's see, is it Alien of Darkness? Album? Something. I can't remember my own writing. 1968. Big fans uh, were Bob Dylan was a huge fan. In fact, Dylan said, Gordon Lightfoot was a mentor. He said, he doesn't have a song I don't like. And when he hears a Gordon Lightfoot song, he wishes it would last forever. Robbie Robertson was a big fan. And then uh, around 1970, the U.S. hits started coming. If You Could Read My Mind. What a great song. Elvis as Gordon Lightfoot. I'm going to sing Gordon Lightfoot songs. But what the only better Gordon Lightfoot is me singing his song. Dressed like Kiss. <laughs> hey, Lightfoot. Lightfoot, come over here. <laughs> if you could read my mind, man. 
What a tale, your heart could tell. Sundown, Carefree Highway, Rainy Day People, Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, all pretty big U.S. hits. And then uh, I think his biggest achievement was singing at halftime of the Grey Cup in 2012. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that was great. How ridiculous. That was great. How absolutely ridiculous. I always think of, uh, when I think of him, I think of this clip here, if I can find it real quick. From Seinfeld, do you remember this this scene? I don't... Hey. Light hey, was on Seinfeld? Place. Gone. Remember when, he lo- when George the, uh, lost the apartment to the Andrea Doria survivor? Oh. An Andrea Doria survivor. <laughs> Andrea Doria, isn't that the one they did the song about? Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> I love Edmund Fitzgerald's voice. <laughs> no, Gordon Lightfoot was the singer, Edmund Fitzgerald was the ship. You could fit 15 people in that bathroom. I think Gordon Lightfoot was the boat. <laughs> yeah, and it was rammed by the cat Stevens. The Andrea Doria collided with a Stockholm in dense fog 12 miles off the coast of Nantucket. <laughs> oh, it's such a, such a great show. Yes, it was. Uh, we had an interview with Gordon Lightfoot, and Mark assures me it's really a good interview that we're going to run at the end of today's show. Yeah, Dan Evans sent it across, uh, sent it over, and uh, right off the bat, Mike Clark is—he had this amazing ability to really connect with a guest over some of the weirdest stuff, or maybe the most trivial stuff. Sometimes, not always, but either well, way, it worked. I remember him connecting with Jonathan Davis of Corn. Over their Scottish heritage, which, what? Okay. <laughs> Who would ever bring that up? Mike. Mike <laughs> yes, Mike Clark. Because, you know, Jonathan Davis would wear the kilt. But uh, so right off the bat, he's like, uh, so you're from like Honey Harbor in Ontario, right? Uh, uh, my wife and I used to stay at the Delawana Resort. Uh, do you know where that is? <laughs> and Gordon goes, yeah, it's right around the corner. <laughs> and Mike just goes off on how beautiful the place is and how so, great it is. And meanwhile, you're just going... Radio for two. <laughs> radio for one. And then Gordon goes, I wrote a song about it called, the, and you go, radio for, for zero? <laughs> oh, no. No. And then Mike immediately backtracks on how great this resort is because he goes, well, I haven't been there in like 30 years. <laughs> so Gordon did not sound as excited as Mike. Yeah, Mike was way too excited. But the, the better part of the interview, and like Brandon said, I'll play it later, is um, that's when that rumor hit the internet that he had died. Yeah, and so yeah. Gordon found out about it while listening to the radio, and of course everybody was playing. Uh, <laughs> and so he heard it on the radio. The rumor that he was dead, and, and called and immediately went to correct it to the station that, that was reading the rumor. I, yeah, that, I think that's how it went. And that's you, pretty cool for the station that fucked up. You and Mike were mad at him and said that he should have slowed down because people would have started listening. Buying his records. And buying his records. And you're right, but it just went way over his head. Like he did not understand that concept at all. Oh, no. So fucking funny. Oh, man. I know we meant well, because we both liked it. Yeah, no, like no, no. It wasn't mean-spirited or anything. It was just... Now, do we have a clip of uh, the Peter Chris, the, the homeless Peter Chris on Donahue? Yeah, I believe so, right here. What's really sad about this is that a lot of people believe this guy and thought that he looked like Peter Chris, which I know Peter Chris was really bummed out about. Oh. This is not. Here is something. Uh, here is the hoax of the of the year. This is Peter Chris, the former drummer for Kiss, or is he? No, I he would believe that. Story to the star. I would have believed it. Looks like him. Four weeks ago, for five hundred dollars, put the makeup on. I, I was going to say, if you put the makeup on him, no, everyone would think it was him. Now yep. homeless and alcoholic, a bum. The headline: <laughs> Kiss star <laughs> hits the skids. 
There's Star only one magazine. problem with all this. He's not the real Peter Chris. <gasps> this woman <gasps> reads about it in the Star. Oh, no. Oh, she probably fucked him. Claims to have had a relationship with the real Peter Chris. Oh. Reads he's in the gutter, frantically calls for eight hours trying to find her old boyfriend. I love how mad Donahue is. Let me guess, she fucked him anyway. Gets him, <laughs> flies him to Boston, <laughs> where he, in transit, is thrown off the plane, this guy, in, in Chicago transit? for drunkenness. <laughs> what? It sounds like gets Peter. Gets to Boston late, her heart is pounding, he turns around, it's not Peter Chris. What? She fucked him anyway. Yeah. And he has been living with this young woman and her mother in Boston <laughs> for the last what? several weeks. What? what? Peter... Chris, the real Peter Chris, who's well married, raising his eight-year-old daughter in Redondo Beach, California, has at the very same time all this is happening, flown <laughs> to his mother's dying bedside in New York. This is like in the past several weeks. His mother dies, and at the funeral, Peter, uh, people are coming up and saying, how are you? How are you? <laughs> And he has no idea. Donahue what going to tell the whole story, about. or is he going to let him talk? Until he reads the star. Down I from on high come celebrities to save Peter Chris after reading about him in the star. But nobody told him, including this Who, chap, Peter Chris, on the satellite from Burbank, California. May I ask you now to kindly welcome the real Peter Chris? Yeah, all right, the real one. I kind of like the homeless I, I, one. I, I, I was going to say, I think the homeless guy is a better Peter Chris. <laughs> Why couldn't you impersonate like the Lone Ranger or a Tano or something like that? That's not a real person. You really give me a rocky time. You, I don't know, and I don't know you either. And you called my house constantly, upsetting me and my child. And that made me very angry. <laughs> the girl. You're lying, and you have oh, a lot more I? to lose am than I? I do. I have what? And I have witnesses. You do. It, your wife is here. Yes, she is. Do I have your permission to talk? Absolutely. Where is she? She's sitting right there. What are your thoughts of your listening? Well, I know that eight years ago I was pregnant with my child, and he was probably with me every day, and he has been, I think, in the last 13 years. Um, I think we've been apart once, and that was in Tennessee. Um, Wait, so she's a girlfriend impersonator? That's why it's like, this, where was this story concocted? Are you there? I'm glad you waited. I feel like Peter's waiting in a dangerous uh, territory there. I agree. This is Lydia Chris. Uh, now, Lydia, this is your first wife. Absolutely. Oh, boy. You, you, you wanted to say. Are you ready for I this, Peter? I want to know from Cheryl Ann who I was marrying eight years ago because I really don't think she's telling the truth. All right. Uh, Craig, Craig, Craig Getch? That, I, don't, I didn't know Craig eight years ago. Uh, you know, we've got two wives of Peter happened. Chris saying you're I think someone wrong. edited all this stuff together. I expected that. Though I'm not surprised. I mean, they have, he has a lot to lose. We need Judge Wapner here. Wait. I can't. Write. So, is Peter denying the knows I love how he I love that. By suing. A married man is not going to admit to an extramarital affair. Oh. Every wife would say that. <laughs> Peter well, rolled his eyes. Look at my wife, and let's face it. <laughs> Peter, Peter's straining to do so explaining. That was a good line. Yeah, I just pulled the. She would not believe me. She would not be my first choice. Wait, why'd they have that wild track of. of of Ace Our laughing? Man. Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. Someone just, edited it. That's the YouTube. That's pretty funny. Tom Arnold? Anything like that? No. That you were with him? Of course yeah. you don't. Hey, Phil? Yeah, Tom. Um, uh, the Cheryl Ann and her mom didn't mention that they called me and Rosie and asked us for $10,000. What? 
They said that they were going to lose their condominium because yeah, this guy was. That's true. They hadn't paid rent because yeah. they had to fly him out. Right. And they needed the money. You right. know who the smartest person on this panel is? Money, Wait, the I Peter Chris imposter because he hasn't said a fucking word. <laughs> I was going to say, he's nowhere to be found he's just in this sit story. There and be well, how very did Tom Little just pop into this story? Blessing. Does that name ring a bell to you? Yes. It does? Well, he's on the line. Apparently, Uh-oh. he doesn't talk during this. Hi. I'm. Are you Clifford Blessing? My Who's name this is guy? Clifford Blessing, yes. Another person. And you called us at, in the office because you couldn't get through on the line. That's right. We have agreed to call you back after authenticating your phone number. That's right. And we accept Ooh, your word, yeah, Mr. Sure. Clifford Blessing. Why do you call? Why do I call? Because I'm acquainted with Miss Cheryl Ann Thompson. Uh, I met her about a year and a half ago, I would Four. say. She was living in an apartment over a bar in Union. She has never, to my knowledge, lived in Clifton, New Jersey. Oh, that was eight years ago, though, before I knew him. Oh, okay. And as far as I know, uh, her mom and her don't have a condo at this point. We're in Boston now, Cliff. I'm thrilled for you, Cheryl. Oh. Okay. As far as I know, this young woman is a compulsive liar. What did you say? This, this young woman is a compulsive liar. Yeah. <laughs> Look how happy Peter is. And yeah, the fake Peter never talks during this. They no, because he's brilliant. I, he's very could, smart. Couldn't you see Peter Chris nailing that chick? Oh, yeah, I totally I could do. totally see it. Yeah. She's pretty. Hang on a minute. Okay. Cheryl, you're taking some very big hits here. What, what, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to this. God, I love Donahue. Um, that is great. You know, I really miss him. Don't, uh, misinterpret this audience's... Could uh, that the maybe guy be in the crowd today, maybe? You know, maybe. maybe. I, heard him, I heard him once. And it's not personal, but they get excited. Uh, I've seen girls do that. Uh, but you, 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 your credibility has certainly been challenged, let's put it this way. To this uh, overwhelming uh, demonstration of disapproval of your assertions, you would say what? I've done a lot of shows. I've done a lot of TV shows even before this story broke. I don't what? need the publicity. Clifford Blessing uh, is a homosexual, oh, and his. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, Peter Chris is angry about that. <laughs> Why is Peter? Why is Peter care? Because he's worried again that, that they're going to bust him for Peter nailing. always does the right thing. <laughs> he nailed that guy. Hey, hang on, hang on, Arnold. We'll be with you in a second. Here. <laughs> this is a great show. Uh, Tom Arnold's laughing. Clifford, I'm fascinated by that, that last comment, too. Considering my girlfriend Hilda would be very surprised to hear that. Ooh, Ooh Robin, nice comeback. Transformation. Yeah, right. Robin's sounds... transformation. Her name is Hilda Diaz. She lives in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Oh, nice doxing her. <laughs> he sounds gay. Totally, he does totally, sound gay. <laughs> totally, totally gay. <laughs> Who's this has just popped up? I think this is the guy that created the YouTube oh, okay. video that we're watching. Okay. We don't need him. All right. Well. <laughs> well worth it. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh my god! All right, um, moving forward, uh, there are a couple things I wanted to get out of the way. First of all, uh, what do you guys know? I because I was just looking at it a couple hours ago, and I'm desperate to know. There's no luck with the manhunt for the guy that killed five no, Hondurans, no, is no. there? No one knows. Where how, how, on. can, uh, how is that possible? I mean, this guy sounds like the sneakiest, most resourceful person in the world, and he He's just. Gone. Just don't worry about it. Isn't it weird? I think it's very strange. I mean, it sounds like they they have... They don't even know if he's here or if he went back to Mexico. Nobody has any idea. He wasn't that close to the border, though, was he? The Houston area, I mean... But, I mean, not that that close. Um, So you think he's still here? We know he's nude because he dumped his clothes. And his phone. 
<laughs> but he made clothes. phone calls somehow. Dude, he didn't even try to put new ones no. on. Oh, why bother at that point? Completely They're naked. looking for him at the border. And by the way, we have 1,500 troops at the border now. I don't know if that makes any difference. Probably very little, right? 1,500 troops. Uh, to find this guy? No, just uh, Biden sent 1,500 troops to the border to help with what's going on at the border. going to make a difference. Uh, and, and, of course, I'm sure he's probably getting a lot of crap for it. But Trump sent people to the border, too. Mm. Actually, I think he sent a lot more. But uh, for some reason, people get really wigged out about, I, I, I don't know, because they're active duty people. I, I don't uh, know. Is that really what they're supposed to be doing? I would say no. No, but, uh, I mean, what are they doing that's absolutely critical right now? I mean, it just seems like they certainly, I'm sure the border people like it. I mean, those guys are so overwhelmed. Take any resources, yeah. Anyway, I, I mean, it just seems like a guy like that who's been in and out of the country, been kicked out four times, he probably knows his way around the border pretty well. Yeah, I think he knows how to get in and out. And then uh, this story out of Oklahoma, oh my God, oh, seven worst. bodies discovered, and... This is what just made me so sad about the story. The, the father, two of the bodies are a 16 and a 14-year-old girl who are completely innocent in this. The two girls went to spend uh, the night at the home of Jesse McFadden, who has a son and two daughters. They're friends with the girls, I guess. Yeah. And I, from what I gather, no one knew that Jesse McFadden is just three years out of prison for first-degree rape. Yeah. And... On Monday, after the weekend, he was supposed to face charges of soliciting sexual activity with a minor in possession of child porn. And the parents of these two girls that went to spend the weekend, the girls did not come home on Sunday when they were supposed to. And so they're like, hey, where are the girls? They call, you know, they're calling everywhere. The girls are nowhere to be found. They find seven bodies today. Jesse McFadden, a 39-year-old who was convicted of rape and facing these charges, his three kids his wife, and the two guest girls. So I'm going to guess that he molested the two girls or something and sure. just decided to have one last fling of creepiness. Yeah, before his trial. Oh, my God, what a brutal story. And I saw the, the father the dad, of one oh of the girls. God, yeah. Oh, how sad. In Oklahoma. My God. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, just terrible. But I was really... Um, I'm just fat. These people that are on the run, I just can't believe people can stay on the run as long as they do sometimes. It just blows my well, like mind. Like if he's here illegally, I'm sure he's got a lot of practice at evading capture. We just had a few of these recently that just didn't seem like you could stay out there long, especially with as many resources as we have now. And then, um, the, Brandon, I sent you the Joe Biden story. This story is really weird. They were having a a celebration of... An Israel, uh, Israeli holiday or an Arabic holiday? What's the? I don't even know what the holiday is. I month of Ramadan it. just ended, so is this from... Eid al-Fatir? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. it. Okay. And someone interrupts Joe Biden, who's speaking, because he apparently has not given proper props to the first... Is it the first uh, Muslim judge or something, federal judge? And sure. so this guy interrupts him, and Biden tells him to... Uh, what is he, quiet down boy or something like that? Hush up. Yeah, let's play it. Hey, Judge, how are you? I don't know why you wanted the job, man. I appoint all those federal judges, but, you know, thank you for serving. I'm not kidding. You want to come and make a speech? Hush up, boy. <gasps> My mother would say. Oh, your mother's Look, racist. Folks, I hope you had a blessed Ramadan. Fasting from dawn to dusk is not easy. 
No food, no water, sleep deprived. This speech is so gratuitous about the... Of course it is. Like he's such an expert in Ramadan. He knows anything. He just read the Wikipedia page. He's reading a cue card. Wait, so people are mad at that? Yeah, people are mad saying, hush up, boy, that's a racist. He said it in a southern drawl, too. But he's talking to... Well, maybe his mom spoke in a southern drawl. He's talking to... Not he's not talking to a black man. Well, so does it still make it just as bad? Like if I say, "Hey, Mark, hush up, boy." Hey, is it, am I? <laughs> hey, come on now. Am I rude. in some kind of trouble for that? It's just rude. I'm just asking. You are well, no, now. The guy, okay, wait a second. No, here's here, why. You see, when I first read this story, I was like, "Ooh, Biden fucked up." And then as I got into it, I was kind of like, "Wait a second. This guy interrupted the president of the United States. I guess it's just no big deal to start yelling at the president." Is that? I mean, you lie. Are, I mean, are we at the point where it's just okay to yell at the sec. president? Wait a sec. Is the guy that he said, hush up, boy, to, is, he, is that guy mad? Is he upset? Yeah, I think he is. Oh, he is? I think everyone is. He or, clearly it, was fucking around with that guy. Well, the guy was interrupting him. That, now, I think it picked up after he started interrupting Biden. And Biden mentioned the judge that the guy was yelling about because Biden had and said, said uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, you know, I appoint all federal judges, but thank you for yeah. serving. Yeah. And then the guy's still yelling, and then he says, hush up, boy. And I'm like, the guy's, I mean, is, have we really reached the point where we're more worried about what the president says to him to shut up than the fact that this guy's yelling? I, I, yelling at the president, I guess, is just no big totally deal, right? Cool. Yeah, no. I mean, totally they're having cool. a celebration for a holiday. Why does why does this guy bear no responsibility for just interrupting the president of the United States? Are we the, Have we fallen that far? That was pretty exciting. I'm glad he did. Well, I mean, you know, is it? Doing what I do, yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting. And then also, people are mad um, about... I mean, first off, the guy's 90 years old. I think he might use some antiquated terms. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Well, you know, we elect an 80-year-old president, and then we're upset because he's 80. <laughs> Doesn't that seem kind of stupid? <laughs> yes. I mean, he's supposed to live with all of the Hashtag new not my president. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really upset about this. I'm just trying to figure out... It's- it's bullshit. Boy, it's bullshit outrage. It's but, it's a. I think it's but, kind of a disrespectful term to call a grown man a boy. But well, wait a I second. Think it's more isn't racially kind, charged if the person was black. Isn't it kind of disrespectful to interrupt the president when he's honoring uh, this holiday? Two wrongs don't make a right. Blue, you're my boy. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna so go with what you're saying. Stupid. I'm not upset at anybody. Honestly, I just I'm just gonna of, make the argument dumber. I just felt. Yeah, you did, which is good. I just thought. I love the phone, Nancy boy. When I read about like, oh my God, what a dork that Biden is, and then I, I hear this guy interrupting him, and we didn't hear the whole interruption, by the way. Yeah, I didn't even I know thought, what he, you what know, what we'll kind of fuck that guy. What did he call Biden? I mean, maybe he called he's him just, a name. He's just yelling so fast. Honestly, I don't know how he knew what the guy was talking about, but he was talking about this judge that he hadn't mentioned. Yeah. Oh boy, here and we go. It seemed like he knew who he was, though. He did. Well, then who cares? I don't know. So then uh, also there was... <laughs> Apparently, a Muslim mayor from New Jersey who was kept out by Secret Service, which is <laughs> wow. kind of a bummer. That's kind of was, a drag. Was he on the list? Some people, who was, but he was. Apparently, some people are saying he was profiled out of the That's event. That's what I mean. Yeah. You're and my then, boy, Blue. So and then the other one. Okay, they should just respond with. Is it offensive? You tell me. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry about that. The most oh. insincere apology. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I, about that. I love that. I love sorry, not sorry. All right, let's go to part three, which is Biden. Uh, this is just being called cringy when he points out how beautiful Ilhan Omar looked. <laughs> which I declare to be fake. It's the second video in the story, Brandon. Oh, 
is. Yeah, now look further. This is really stupid. Let's <laughs> just do this. We also have members of the House of Representatives here. Congressman Omar. Where are you, Congressman Omar? There you go. God love you. I'm not supposed to I'll get in trouble for saying this, but you look beautiful tonight. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love him. People. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. And they say it anyway. You know, that's the only reason I want him to be in trouble. Imagine if you got a sniff of her hair, for God's sake. Oh, my God. First boner in decades. <laughs> Boil over. It's all getting so stupid. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to get in trouble for this. And of course he gets in trouble. Okay. So what's, was that, that is cringy to you as people say it is? No, I don't care. No. I don't really care either. I, I don't know how you look at Ilan Omer and see something that's, you need to call out as being so beautiful, to be honest. Oh, I mean, that's he's, his thing, man. That's what he's into. <laughs> I don't know. He's cater. I mean, it's obviously. He's catering to her for some reason. I, I don't think she's mad. Well, then, yeah. Then who? Well, then why are people mad if that I person's not offended? Because he didn't say she was smart first, I guess. <laughs> On the Steve Martin route? Who Maybe. Thought? I don't know. People just called it cringy. Oh, whatever. Yeah. You sound That's like a goddamn pussy to me. Kind of how I felt about it. Um, let's see. What else is there? Oh, yeah. The fourth officer was convicted of aiding and abetting in the manslaughter of George Floyd. And that was such a non-story that I actually found it interesting because this is the guy that was... That's so 2020. Um, this is the guy that was holding back the crowd. Oh, He was they, yeah. sort of the, the, the human cone, uh, I think that somebody called him. I don't know if that was the prosecution or the defense that called him that. But Tau Tau? Yes. And... I remember when this all happened, and God, it's a really weird thing to think back on because it was so crazy. I mean, everything seemed so crazy for the next six months, just crazy, and even crazier in retrospect. But um, I don't know. I felt funny when they you know, had all of those four guys charged with murder. I just thought, wow, that's – I mean, there are people who shoot people and hit them who aren't charged with murder or attempted murder. I mean, they get manslaughter or they get, yeah. you know, there's all kinds. Of, well, I mean, the difference is a bullet is like that. And you're talking about nine minutes or almost nine minutes. Well, yeah, a bullet, a though, slow is. Slow death versus a quick death. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. There's a difference there. Well, you know, since that time, though. that chamber, good luck stopping it. I will say that I have heard, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've seen, because these videos come out all the time of police that are, you know, mistreating people that are running away or trying to fight their way out of custody or whatever. And you hear people say, I can't breathe all the time. Now, I didn't, I never liked the way that was done, that knee on the neck. I mean, it just really bothered me. That in and of it's itself, the, I thought was just wrong. Length, it's the length of time. Well, yeah, it's the nine, length of time. Nine and a half but, minutes, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I have no understanding whatsoever and of why, why this thing went down the way it was. It was obviously terrible. But, uh, you know, when you're taking the other three officers and saying they're all murderers, it's just kind of like, ah, oh boy, that's, I mean, legally speaking, it's fairly complicated. And as it turned out, I think this guy was offered some sort of a plea bargain and he didn't want it. So he went to trial and he was convicted of aiding and abetting manslaughter. And I, I don't know how much prison time he's going to get, but I don't think he, any of those four guys had a chance. I mean, I, I, at this point, if he was found not guilty, I guess there would probably be a lot of a lot of people be really, 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 really mad. 
And I, I don't know how any of those four guys ever continue their lives. Not that I, you know, don't think they deserve to be punished by any means. I'm not saying that. It's just that um, the one guy had his knee on his neck. There were two others that were pretty close to it. And this guy was the keep the crowd back guy. And, you know, the, the way it's, it's all very simple in black and white when you go to court that, you know, any officer who sees an officer doing the wrong thing, but... I think officers have seen people doing the wrong thing many, 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 many times and not done a fucking thing about it because they either freeze or they're just, they're part of it. I don't know. Um, oh, not now, Lila. Oh, no. Oh, boy. I don't Someone's here. here. Yeah. yeah. I can see in the back of your camera. Here comes right, Lila. Out. I'll be right back. It's very intriguing. I can see feet walking down. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> exactly, Carl. Carl just popped up to go. Why is Maz here? Maz? Unannounced. It's time I, for I don't, train I don't know a camera. I don't have anything for you. Maz, we're just about to go into an interview on Zoom. Why are you here you without any quietly? notice whatsoever? Is this my mic? I guess it is uh, yeah, now. I, guess so. I just wanted to say hi. Oh, hi, Maz. That's all. I was on my way to Tiger Game. Oh. That's all. What time it's is it again? Six games in an hour, yeah. Well, Maz, we're just about to go into something that's going to be about an hour, and it's going to lead to me having to watch you on your phone the whole time. Okay. Because you're going to have nothing to do. Well, I could leave. I just wanted to say hi. Oh, okay. Are you, you serious? Guys. Yeah. Well, did you not know we were recording? Yeah, I didn't care. Okay. I, yeah, well, <laughs> that goes without saying. Get out of here. Get him out of here. Oh, man. I was trying to figure out who. Who is coming over here right now? What is going on? Because that was definitely the, the bark of a dog that no is question. witnessing a human being. Hi, Mark. Hey, Tom. Hi, Brandon. Hello. Is uh, JV going yeah, tonight? Uh, no, he's not going until Thursday afternoon. Yeah, I got some Mets. Who's yeah. pitching tonight? Tonight, some some scrub, Lorenzen. Tomorrow. <laughs> no, who's pitching for? Is Scherzer pitching? Tomorrow. Oh, Maz. I know. Why are you going tonight? Well, I had uh, I got my Drew Free a Mike pass. Oh, oh. I Drew a Mike pass. <laughs> So my well, Drew mic pass entitles me to go to the game. I think I have Thursday's tickets if you'd rather go Thursday. I, I'd like yeah, to. I got to go to work. Oh, you want to go Thursday? No, go ahead, Maz. No, thanks, man. All right, I'll take them. You'll take them? No, I All can't. Right. I got to work. Thanks, Drew. Okay. You should go, though. Maz, I'm, I'm just not getting around. I got to get this hip fixed. I told you I would take you door to door. How do you take <laughs> me? To, you drive me to sweet? I'm hurting. I would drive you right up to the gate. You walk into the into the elevator, and you're uh, right on there. That's true. You could do that. Yeah. I might think about that. Let me know. Um, how's the post-draft going at Woodward Sports? It's going well, and now it's starting to slow down. Now now we have to come up with some new things to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah, you mean you have to work? Yeah, we do. We got to work. No more mock drafts. I, I was we are, watching. We, we did get rated as uh, by next-gen stats, the NFL next-gen yeah, stats. The We're the top draft. The Lions are the hey. top draft. Followed by the Giants, Jets, and Colts. Okay, I thought you were talking about sports coverage of the draft, but you're talking no, no, about the no. Lions. The Lions got I, the best draft. Supposedly. I don't know. I, how do they figure that? I guess you buy that. Well, yeah, they take the first seven picks, the seven rounds, the yeah. whatever players you got, and they add up, I guess, uh, some stats, and uh, you know, <laughs> and that's it. There you go. <laughs> nice description. That was a great explanation. Hey, they take the players, they what look at their know? stats, and they rank them. <laughs> how do I know? Um, I was watching, you know, you know, I hate the endless draft coverage. Yes, I, I don't do. hate draft coverage. I'm interested yeah. in the draft. I'm fascinated with the draft, but I hate the endless coverage. It drives me crazy. I get it. So anyway, I put you guys on live and I'm watching and I'm watching the stream of comments yeah. and they're just going round yeah, and round and round and round. And, and I just see a lot of clown heads, by yes. the way. Clown emojis. 
But uh, I was blown away. And you guys started taking calls, which I've been begging you to do. You guys need yeah. to take calls. And the calls were coming fast and yeah, furious, call are. after call. But I also noticed that when you were taking the calls, that stream went a Both little bit slower. Crazy. Yes. Just a little bit. That is because they're off their phones, off their commenting, and on the actual phone. Plus, pe people don't like when people are on the phone. Like, if I put on 97.1 mm -hmm. and they're in a complete phone thing, I turn it off. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's always true. Well, to me, I don't uh, But like... I do say this. I will say this. <laughs> I'm I think... not interested in what anyone else has to say. <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking, they were more interested in what you guys were saying yeah. than the caller. Correct. But I thought you had good callers, and it sounded like a lot of people were listening. Yeah, we're, start, had good, it was we're good... starting to pick it up, man. I think so, too. Come a long way. Yeah. I don't want to hold you guys up. Uh, oh, good, man. Thanks. Right. So do your thing, and uh, I just... I'll just uh, get out of your hair. All right, good luck. Have get fun with the game. I'll see you guys. Enjoy the uh, buffet. I got to go anyway. Okay, oh, man. Good night. You, you did not have to go. I do. <laughs> no, you don't. Bye, guys. See you. Bye, Tommy. It's good seeing you. Man's trying to project that. Go he, home to mommy. That he had to leave go first. Home. Bye. Not go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Not credible. <laughs> All right. I honestly, this full disclosure, he was texting me the other day and he's like, I miss you, as Tom would do. And I said, well, you should come by sometime uh, on a Tuesday. Just let us know beforehand. <laughs> and I have a feeling he didn't hear that last part. On a Tuesday? Well, yeah, because I'm not here on Thursdays. Oh! And then oh, I, he's every off other, on Tuesday. And then every other day, Trudy's here, but he needs to come on a non-Carl day, because Carl's been waiting so patiently. Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll get... Oh, my God. Jesus. The show's falling apart. That's why I love people stopping by. Think about retirement can be hard, like shoveling snow for Tom Mazaway when he worked at the dealership, which was not part of his interview package, as we learned. Or YouTube, which we're, we're working hard at it. We're not quite there. You can try to cobble it together on the fly. We know how difficult that can be. Or you can give us a call at Luke Nowacki's office to see if they can help. And they can. They'd love to help you with any kind of financial help you need, whether it's planning or something very specific, which often it is, like moving a 401k from the company you left to wherever you want to put it. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, Royal Alliance Associates is separately owned other entities and our marketing names, products, service, services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates. And Lady Jane's, uh, walk into any Lady Jane's for an award-winning haircut experience and automatically enter for your chance to win not one, but two vehicles of your choice, courtesy of Les Stanford Buick, GMC of Ferndale. Yes, two cars, one for you and one for your wife, girlfriend, buddy, whoever. Lady Jane's is open seven days a week. Walk in anytime. It's wickedly awesome. And uh, Carl, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. What's going on, Drew? <laughs> well, that was a that was a surprise there. I was just looking at you, just getting ready to start, and I apologize for that. But you got to see Maz for the first time. I bet. Yeah. No. I mean, I've, I'm obviously familiar. I, I called it. That's who it was. As soon as I saw yeah. his legs walking down. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about. Eddie Trunk and Paul Stanley, and I did set up the topic pretty well. But uh, before that, I, I'm dying to catch up because it's been two weeks. And this thing with Shuley was so, I don't know why, it really bothered me. It didn't seem like it bothered you, but I was bugged. I don't, I don't know why it really hit me wrong because he was suggesting that, let's see, is it his worst show is better than your best show? Yeah, he said some weird shit, and it came out of nowhere because... I went on this show, Misery Loves Company, and this is a show that uh, Shuley's been on before. Bob Levy's on there all the time, and Bob does a show with Shuley. And I went on there, and they asked me about Shuley because right now, Kevin Brennan, the host of that show, is mad at Shuley. 
So mm-hmm. they asked me about Shuli, and they, specifically he asked me, what do you think about Shuli ripping off where these podcasts? Because Shuli's show, The Uncle Rico Show, is very much based on what we've been doing for yeah. years. With Stuttering John, we should explain to the, the, the people yeah. who aren't really hip to this that Carl really developed the Stuttering John topic and beating down the Stuttering John podcast, which were horrible and hideous, and there was so much more to it. And you made it so much fun over, what, three years or something? And then Shuli started podcasting, and I don't know how he was doing it. I think he probably wished he was doing better. And all of a sudden he, and I guess he talked to you about it beforehand. I would have never done this myself. He decided he wanted to do a show that focused solely on stuttering John. And now in my opinion, he's kind of just beaten it to death. I mean, they do like two episodes a week, full episodes on stuttering John. But then to say that his worst show is better than your best show. I was like, what is this? Well- so this is what was annoying about it is that they asked me point blank about Shuli and I had nothing bad to say. I let them know that Sutter, I don't own Suttering John. Anyone can make fun of him if they want to. And Shuli was kind enough to call me before he started the Uncle Rico show and just make sure I was cool with it. And I said, yeah, of course I am, buddy. Go for it. That's fine. And they asked. I even said that the Uncle Rico show was a great show better than our show. It's a good show. I don't think it's better than your show. I disagree with that. I don't think I so d- either, but I was trying to be polite. But <laughs> God damn, don't compliment Julie, because that'll bite you in the ass. So, so I, I Julie goes on his show, and him and Mike Morse, Bob Levy just says there, but him and Mike Morse are agree with each other that their show's way better than mine. And I, I, listen, I like Julie. I'm still friends with Julie. I, I hope he, we're still friends. I haven't talked to him in a little while. But, but the fact that he goes on there and says what he said, and he apologized to me before I even saw it. So he knew he was in the wrong, but the fact that he goes on there and says that his worst show is better than our best show, which is insane. Well, and and some of the shit he was talking, I'm just like, well, surely this must be coming from a real place. Cause otherwise, why would you have said that? No, it had to be. There's no way you would say that unless you, unless you guys had a joke going or, uh, or he really believed it. Right. And, in my and opinion. So I addressed it on my show and, and uh, you know, we played the clips of it and I was more annoyed with, Mike Morse, who doesn't know what the fuck's going on, <laughs> you know, because no one knows who Mike Morse is and Mike Morse is sitting there and I've had him on my show before. And I've been on the Uncle Rico show a few times and Mike Morse and I worked together in Rochester back in February at DabbleCon. We've worked very well together. I just felt like out of nowhere, he blindsided me with this thing. He's just like, yeah, well, Carl's show's not even funny. I'm like, whoa, what? Well, this is not the Mike Morse that's the local powerful attorney. This is also not the Mike Morse who's in our listening audience and very active on the fan pages. This is the third Mike Morse. Uh, who's, uh, that who's was drafted this past weekend? <laughs> yes. Not that one either, right. Carl, this other thing about, uh, well, we have three comedians doing Stuttering John. Carl's just Carl from Rochester, and he pulls clips all week and does all this prep work. And I thought, that is the snobbiest thing I've ever heard. So in other words, anyone doing a show with comedians is going to be funnier than anyone who isn't a comedian, which means Howard Stern would be not in the funny category ever. Yeah, that was a weird thing, too. When they were trying to say that my show wasn't as good because I actually watch full episodes and pull clips and have notes. and I'm That's work. <laughs> That's prep. What I'm going to do. And he was saying that their show's better because they just do it off the cuff. They've never seen the clips before and they just do it. And it's like, okay, well, sometimes that works better. I get it. Sometimes like your first reaction is the best reaction to it. But to say that, that doing prep makes my show worse. And I put this in the show notes of that episode. I'm like, Shuey, did you ever see notes in front of Howard Stern? He had a bunch of them. There was a shit ton of show prep. To be the Howard Stern show. Hell yes. How do you not know that? He knows that. He knows that. I know. It, it was so annoying to me because, again, I'm not mad at Shuli, but the, I don't know just, why you're not a little mad, to be honest. I want you to be mad. Just say you're mad. I'm not. I'm not mad. 
I'm mad at Mike. You do have, and to make it clear too, I don't know why you would say that when you have less views and a smaller audience. Not that they have a good audience, but you have a better yeah, audience. Yeah, that was weird. I looked too. it up. So that, then he said, and this is the other thing that I was just kind of like, huh? Then he said that the reason why I was attacking him, which I wasn't, I complimented him the whole time. The reason why I was attacking him was because I'm jealous, or at least he implied that. He's like, oh, well, our show's doing really well. So if our show wasn't doing well, I bet Carl wouldn't have a problem with it. I'm like, Shuli, I've been supporting you since day one. The day that the Shuli show started, episode one, I was supporting Shuli on my show. And we've we've worked together. He's done live shows with me. I've done live shows with him. We've done so much work together. The fact that he goes out and says that I'm jealous of him, I, I couldn't be further from jealous. I think a lot of other people are mad. I think they want you to be mad, and they don't understand why you're not mad. Because, honestly, there are a lot of people who piss and moan about it. Not, I mean, the show does fine, but it is... I, they are. I mean, you developed it over a long period of time, very organically, and then it's like you kind of queued it up for him to just slam it out of the park. And they've done a good job. And I love Bob Levy, by the way. I wasn't familiar with Bob. Everybody loves Bob. I didn't listen to Stern back in the day, and, and this the whole thing about him threatening to kill Stern. I'm like, wait, is that the Bob Levy I'm watching now? Because he seems he's so laid back, and he's funny and loose, and I think he's great. And they do a good job. But honestly, I just felt like this this is fucked up. I just didn't feel good about it. Yeah, so. I, I think they um, – so here's a theory that came in, and I, I subscribe to this theory. I think what happens is a lot of people tell Shuli he ripped off WATP. Uh, so here's this over and over again. Now, okay. I – Whenever I'm asked about it, I always say, no, I gave him permission. I don't care. I didn't invent this format. And the people that we goof on, anyone can goof on them. I don't have a trademark over that. So I've always said that, but I think Shuli hears from so many other people that he kind of took all of that out on me in that moment. And he, he hmm. texted me and said he was Nick fitting. He's quitting smoking. And, you know, he had, he had excuses and stuff. But it's like, all right. I mean, obviously, there's some real things that were coming out there. And maybe it wasn't necessarily directed at me, even though it was directed at me. I don't know. I just have to be honest. I'm more impressed with something developed as organically as you did. I mean, he has a big platform. He was on the Howard Stern Show for all those years. You did 100 episodes with nobody listening, and you built it, built it, built it all by yourself. He had a lot better shot at doing it doing it to a bigger audience. And, and honestly, I, I don't know. I would, I would have nothing. I, I'm surprised he would say anything shitty. I just really... No, I appreciate that, Drew. And it's interesting because I, I made this comment the other day. Like Opie from Opie and Anthony went to Westwood One after he left Sirius XM and was given a podcast, and it's got a major corporation behind it. Yeah. And he goes on and he's number two on iTunes, whatever that's worth. But I was actually I had a conversation with a guy who knows things the other day. Uh, off air, and he was saying he was getting a hundred thousand downloads per episode, which is pretty good. Wait, and, wait, wait. You said he was number two on iTunes. You mean when he started on Westwood One? Correct. Okay. OP Radio, like when he first launched his new podcast, it was very popular. Because right. he had Everyone a giant he had a giant platform. Exactly. He killed his own audience. <laughs> he was able to shrink his audience from <laughs> let's say it's a hundred thousand people per episode downloading it. He was able to shrink it down to something that it was hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the fact that growing something from nothing is very difficult. It I is. appreciate it. No, it's really hard. I, and all these people that have done it, and there's a lot of people who are 17 years old or 15 years old who have done it, and it's pretty amazing, really, the way it works. 
but it's a lot harder. And um, I don't you know, because Opie rags on these low-level podcasts that are making fun of me. And I'm like, you are lower level than any of the podcasts you're talking about. It's not even, by, you're not by even close. any standard, Drew. If you want to look at numbers, you want to look at revenue, you want to look like actual <laughs> products, production level. I mean, anything you want to look at, our show is better than Opie's. It's insane. But all this ragging does create a lot of interest and a lot of fun and a lot of views. And just to finish up my point, though, I I, I do think it's difficult to grow a show from scratch, obviously. But it might be even more difficult to start a show with a huge audience and kill them all off. (laughs) Even if you just kind of like just did, you know, went through the motions, you would think you'd keep (laughs) half the audience or a quarter. Okay. I don't understand, honestly, why does he not have a partner? He was never the strong content person in the show. He's always more of a facilitator. Why does he not have someone strong to work with? Is he that disliked? All the people who used to be on a show, Voss and Bobby Kelly and all the comedians, they all dislike him. he's He's not fun to work with. He's unlikable in every way. So he's kind of turned this, you know, now he's going on shows with like, puppets and, and animated potatoes i saw that <laughs> that's a show now that's it's the insane. best thing he's done in a long time too know, for some reason well i'm glad you jumped in on this kiss thing because it's it's a really fascinating topic and if i was ace freely i would be so pissed uh hearing these guys talk about how i you abused drugs and alcohol for years and you became unreliable and all these things and then you know Paul saying that, well, we would have played with him, but we would have sounded like piss instead of kiss. And so Ace, it was just breaking point. And he said, if he doesn't apologize in seven days, I'll reveal all kinds of things. You know, it sounded like something horrible was going to come out. And so we have the Eddie Trunk show, which had the original threat and the follow up a week later. Yeah, right. did you already talk about this? Did you already set this up? Not too much. I just, just basically what happened, what created the podcast, uh, Eddie Trunk show, and that you were going to dig into it today. Uh, Ace coming, returning a week later. Um, I don't know. Did you listen to the pre-show too, the complaint show, where Ace said if he doesn't apologize, I'm going to, you know, reveal all this crap. Did you talk That's about that where too? That's I my clips from, Drew. This is fascinating to me. <laughs> I couldn't believe. I can't believe what Ace came out and was saying. And I, I do have a, a number of clips. We're just going to talk about uh, Trunk Nation today. Good. Normally we do two or three podcasts today. It's just Trunk Nation because, like you said, it's a two-parter. It's a big show, a- too. It's fantastic. Yep, I agree. So Ace Freely's on there, and Ace Freely has never been all that with it, but he's 72 now. <laughs> he's not doing great as far as holding a conversation. No. And Eddie Trunk is great. Eddie Trunk knows his stuff, and he's trying to get a good interview going. So this starts off with, they're talking about Kisses on their final tour. <laughs> and their final shows, final, final shows, are December 1st and 2nd at Madison Square Garden. And the question is, will Ace come up on stage and play two or three or four songs with Kiss? Or will Peter <laughs> Chris be there? Don't we know the, the answer? How funny is it? And I was looking through Brandon's prep. How funny is it that Kiss is in the news all over the place? Seven-year-old guys in a rock band that was popular 40 years ago. I said that earlier. It's amazing. It's, it's like almost every other week there is something on one of those original four band members. You have to get hand to them. I mean, it's great marketing, and the music must have more to it than probably a lot of people think to keep getting in the news all the time. It's incredible. I, I love that Elvis Presley's a fan. That's so funny. <laughs> so let's start with my, we're probably just going to go in order for the most part, Mark, to make it easy. We're going to start with my, my track number one, talking about these final shows, what it's going to take to get Ace on stage with Kiss. 
If they want me to get up on stage for the last final concert, they better have deep pockets. <laughs> Would you? So you'd be open to doing it if there was a deal presented and there was an offer made, it sounds like. Yeah. A large offer. <laughs> a large offer. Well, he's going to be waiting. That's so ace. Yeah. Now, this is an ongoing theme throughout these two episodes. Ace talking about how much money he needs to reunite with Kiss. Now, remember, this... This is starting with, and I'm, I'm, this is going to be my track too. This is starting with the fact that Paul Stanley has no respect for Ace Freely whatsoever. It wants nothing to do with the guy. Yes. From what I understand, I haven't heard the interview myself, but I've been told that Paul went on Howard Stern, and when Howard Stern addressed Paul about why didn't he get up on stage with me and Peter, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe he made a comment saying, "Well, if we would have got on stage with Peter and Ace, you know, you could have called the band piss." That is true. That was said in okay. the recent interview, uh, and he about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was said about who knows. It was said about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when Howard asked why they didn't play with you at the Hall of Fame. Paul said because they only wanted to play with the original band. And I'm paraphrasing, but it was he absolutely said it because I thought it was completely unnecessary to say this. But he said if we would have played with Ace and Peter, they would have had to call the band Piss instead of Kiss because that's what we would have sounded like. Yeah, boy. Does, does Ace not know how to Google? Because this information was pretty available to almost anyone. 72. What I love about that is that Eddie Trunk had to repeat that entire line right yeah. there. You know Eddie Trunk's loving this. Yeah, oh yeah. You know he's like on Ace's side. He's just like, well, let me read you exactly what he said. He said, you're a piece of shit who sucks. I'd like to point out that Ace Freely is starting to sound like uh, Larry Flint. You listen li like, listen to this. I'd like to just follow him around someday so I can smell his fingers. That's what Ace sounds like right now. Yeah, Larry's a little deeper, but yeah, I, I see a slight resemblance. So they, the conversation goes into the fact that Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons have been saying for years that the problem with Ace is unreliable, you know, because of the drugs and the different <laughs> things. Like, he's not a guy you can depend on. He's unemployable. And right after that, Ace tells this story about the last time he toured. <laughs> and uh, I decided to do the farewell tour, which ended in Australia. And that was the night I punched out Tommy Sayer. <laughs> But he was our tour manager, and he was breaking my balls about my girlfriend being in the dressing room. He goes, Ace, we have rules, and girl, your girlfriend isn't allowed to be in the dressing room. I got Tommy. Everybody in the band has left, and it's the end of the tour. I think my girlfriend can hang out with me while I, you know, clean up my, uh, get cleaned up. And, uh, and he said, no, she's got to leave. I said, really? Guess what? Boom. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's straight out of Spinal Tap. Yeah. She meant Dolby. You know she meant Dolby. <laughs> but it's so funny to me that this guy is going, because you, you listen to this, right, Drew? Yeah, I, I listened to this more of the follow-up show than the okay. original one. The way this conversation was going is just like, this is slanderous. The fact that they would say that I'm uncontrollable. <laughs> no. I punched out Tommy Thayer on that last tour. 
who was our tour manager. I can just I can just picture all of this going uh, wh- down. Why do I feel like Ace has that story kind of messed up too? That you know, hey, everyone's gone. It's the last. It's the last show. No one cares. But yet the but Thayer's so insistent that his girlfriend can't be in there. Mark, you're right because he slips up right after that, and he says, "And Paul Stanley's there watching this all go down." I'm like I thought everybody left. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah you're right. Wrong. All right. So remember, we started off by Ace saying, if they offer me a ton of money, I will do this show with them. And then decides that he is just going to call out everybody. And oh there's a lot of shots fired happening here. <laughs> oh number four, this is aimed at uh, Paul Stanley. You know what it is? It's Paul's frustration and insecurity that he has to use backing tapes and we're only six months apart and I can still get up there and belt it out and hit the keys that he can't. And it's very unfortunate. And I'm very sad that for the fact that he's using backing tracks, you know, it's cheapening the brand, which affects my bottom line because I still get paid from kiss on merchandising and whatever else they do. And, uh, I'm pissed off about it. There's no bigger insult (laughs) in the Kiss world than cheapening the brand. (laughs) Well, this is what I want to know. How does sounding good live cheapen the brand? How does it hurt the brand in any way that he actually sounds okay? Well, no, that Ace acts like he's really at the center of Kiss. You know, that this affects my bottom line. His bottom line, he's not even playing. (laughs) He gets paid by the band. (laughs) So then he goes on to say that at the time of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame wanted all the original members of KISS to come up, and Gene and Paul refused. And Paul made the excuse, and he was talking about this at Howard, that Ace is out of control. And Ace is like, listen, I was eight years sober at that point. I think he's like 17 years sober now. So he's saying, you know, he was slandering my good name. And there might be a case for this because they talked about it in the later episode that when they did Kiss Unplugged, they brought out the original members, Peter and Ace, and the fans were so excited they realized they had to do a reunion show. Yeah, th- that's true. It is. And I, I think that both Peter and Gene recognize that and go, look, we can't let Ace come back up on stage again. People are going to demand no more Tommy Thayer, and yeah. that would be yeah. bad for us. So there might be something... All that, that. all that shit will start up again, and we don't want to answer those questions, so uh, let's just act like there's no way this is ever happening, ever. But Ace is not helping brand. himself, because by track number five, now he's, he's firing at uh, Tommy Thayer, who's now their lead guitarist. He punched out. <laughs> and Tommy's copying every solo I wrote, <laughs> and trying to copy my moves, and trying to be <laughs> cool on stage, but cool. unsuccessfully. <laughs> Unfortunately, but you know, with all the bombs and the and the smoke and mirrors, you know, they're getting away with it. <laughs> well, shouldn't Tommy Thayer demand an apology? Because he also said later that I can play circles around Tommy Thayer on any song. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get more into that because listen, I, I actually have a lot of respect for Ace Frehley as a lead guitarist. I do too. Hell yeah! Hell yeah. Amen. I think Kiss overall is nothing crazy, obviously. They never were trying to be the most technical band in the world. They're not prog rock or anything like that. But Ace was always a decent guitarist. But Tommy Thayer is also a great guitarist. But he's copying his stage moves, Carl. His 72-year-old stage moves. And he doesn't look cool doing it. It is funny, too, 
that uh, he's going, yeah, and he's playing on my guitar solos note for note. And in a later part, I think of the second episode, even Eddie Trunk's like, well, yeah, but isn't that what Kiss wants him to do? The songs. Yeah. Songs. That's what people want to Absolutely. hear. Absolutely. Yeah. It kind of shows how unnecessary Ace is when you can copy him note for note. Well, it, it, I mean, I saw Guns N' Roses when it was just Axel and a bunch of other people. <laughs> if you're going to play Sweet Child of Mine, you can't, like, change the guitar song. <laughs> we all know every note of that song. No, it doesn't work that way. And there are a lot of people that can play it note for note. I'd still rather see Slash play it note for note. Well, look at, at the NFL draft when J5, Johnny Five got up there and played um, Kickstart My Heart. Yeah. Note for note. Note for note. It was I mean, good. Imagine if he changed the, way, the beginning of that. Something? You just reminded me of something, Mark. Yeah. Let's talk about Mick Mars being a good guitarist. He is the worst guitarist of that era. He's a terrible guitarist. No, he's, no he's not. Yes. He's not terrible. What's wrong with him, Carl? You would know better than I would. Yeah, you would know better. What's wrong with him? His his leads are the worst leads. Because that that era of hair metal, the guitarists were a very important part of the band. Like they could really shred, and when you get to the guitar solo part, it's always amazing. This guy would just like hit his whammy bar and hit a natural harmonic, and it was just it was just nonsense. It wasn't hard to do at all. It's not good guitar playing. Well, he's clearly not the draw in the band. I would say any of the other three being missing is a much bigger deal for some reason. Let me just say this: I used to play in this band called Mulitude uh, with my now wife. She was the singer, and I had to learn all these guitar solos from '80s bands. And you think about like a band like Rat that people make fun of. Mm-hmm. Rat, those guitar solos took me hours to learn. Motley Crue, give me one pass, and I'm like, all right, I got it. Let's go. <laughs> Most of those bands were difficult to learn the parts. Anyway, that's not the point. The oh, point is, this is where things get real. For some reason, Ace turns this interview into like a, a legal document. <laughs> I'm not sure why. And I'm telling you that I want a formal apology for what you said and a retraction and an apology within seven days. And if I don't get that within seven days, I'm coming back on Ed Trunk's show, your show, Ed, if if you'll have me. And I'm going to tell some dirt that nobody knows about Paul and James. I think we'll have you. That I've always kept to myself because I'm the kind of guy who doesn't, you know, Talk about that. I like to talk about the positive stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like when I punched Tommy Thayer. Well, it's really easy for him to say he doesn't like to talk about dirt when he's the one creating all the dirt. I think I have a se- second separated at birth. I think I'm hearing a little bit of. Uh... I couldn't care less about the team struggling. There's a little in there, too. He's just, he sounds he Sounds bad. familiar. I agree. He sounds like somebody. I like that he needs a retraction. It, it was kind of a joke, right? We have to name the, the yes. band. Yes. What do you mean a formal apology and retraction? I would like to formally apologize. All right, you got me. All right, it won't be piss. We would not sound like piss. (laughs) Sorry, Ace. This is where things get crazy, and I think this is maybe where I texted Drew, and I'm like, whoa, we've got something (laughs) to talk about here because Ace has, uh, pardon the uh, pun, an ace in the hole here. And things get real at track number seven. I have a 120-page manuscript that I wrote after I finished my book. And my attorney has it in the safety deposit box. God forbid anything happens to me. My attorney is instructed to release it to the New York Times, Rolling Stone, API, everybody. So, I mean, they can't intimidate me with, like, you know, trying to hurt me or, or say, <laughs> you better right. not say anything about me. 
live on the radio. That's what you're doing. Because <laughs> then they're totally screwed. Their careers will be ruined. <laughs> Does it really need to be in a safe deposit box? <laughs> yeah. I Couldn't he put it in the cloud? Does he think that Kiss is going to have him killed? Because yeah. that's kind of what he said. Yeah. Something happens to me. I will release all the information. I wouldn't put it past him. Oh, Ace thinks he's at the center of something far more important than what he's at the center of. All Paul said was he wasn't reliable enough to play at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. Now this guy's going, I will ruin their lives. Like, whoa. This escalated quickly, sir. What going on? 120 page manuscript. What? What could they have done that took 120 pages? He's already put out a book. I mean, come on. He's but he not, likes to be positive. Isn't that dirt? That's oh, yeah, right. right. Yeah. Like talk yeah. Shit. I forgot. Yeah, right. And then Eddie tries to talk about how a reunion could happen on the final shows, and Ace goes on to talk about how they owe him millions of dollars, and he is the best attorney in the music business. This was really bizarre, too, because he's, like, threatening uh, Paul and Gene with lawsuits, and they owe me millions of dollars. I got this attorney. He never loses. And all of this, I'm, I'm listening to this, I'm going... I don't think this guy wants to reunite with Kiss. This is not <laughs> that's, that's why it would be oh, a man. lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So then my next track, hey, out of nowhere, he decides to rip on Tommy Thayer again. <laughs> he couches it as like a compliment, but it's not. Is and there I, a side? I, I don't dislike Tommy as a person. I think he's a nice guy. I punched him. He used to be right. my tour manager. He used to get me sandwiches, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shot. Hey, why don't you get my shine box? Oh, what a dick. That's great. Oh, God. By the way, your manager got you sandwiches? That sounds like a pretty <laughs> fucked up relationship with a manager. All right, so now they're talking about those final two shows, December 1st, December 2nd, and um, Ace is pretty sure that Kiss will reach out and oh, ask him to be happy. Yeah, especially after this. <laughs> okay. yeah. There hasn't been one formal call that formally is inviting me to do the show but the two nights and uh you know but the shows are what how many months away well it's december it's you know eight nine months yeah you know they're probably just you know biding their time thinking you know <laughs> maybe they're gonna wait till three months before oh, yeah. the concert no. and then you know I don't need the money. <laughs> I got plenty of money. Then why do they have to have deep pockets if they're going to get you for a couple of songs? I thought he said they better have a lot of money. Yeah. That's the he first thing he said. Know. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Because think about this. These shows are already sold out. Kiss fans are going to these final shows. Yeah. So why in the hell would Gene and Paul want to bring up a guy that they hate that they don't want to deal with, they don't want to work with at all, and then pay him a ton of money that they would have had to be on this final show. It makes zero sense. He's like, oh, yeah, they're just playing hard to get. They'll reach out eventually. I love the idea that they'll just like pick him up at the last minute, the last minute for this big two yeah. or three months left. Yeah. yeah. But it's already sold out. Yeah, it's not so like they the have point? to have a new gimmick to come out yeah. and be like, all right, no one wants to come to see us at MSG. What if Ace is if there, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, they've, you know, they've done pretty well without Ace. I, they don't really need Ace or Peter. They sell out every show. So you guys picked up on this thing where Ace just keeps talking about how he'll do it for a lot of money, but he doesn't need the money, but he needs money in order to do this <laughs> thing. And Eddie Trunk is trying to say, like, yeah, but wouldn't you want to just, like, do it for the fans? 
wouldn't that be like really cool to reunite with kiss one more time you guys are in your 70s one more time reunite and my track number 10 this is so confusing i would be more than happy to get up on stage under the right situation if i was paid the right amount of money for both nights and uh, i'd be more than happy to do it you know and for the fans not because I really want to play with Paul and Jean. <laughs> oh, my God. That's my point, because, because there's fans. As far as I'm concerned, the musicians I'm playing with now blow them off the stage. <laughs> You're not helping your cause. No, not I love bit. how Ace thinks he's calling the shots uh, for the last two shows and if it's, for a few songs. And if it's really for the fans, why do you need a lot of money to do it? Right, so he, he's gaslighting Eddie Trunk, and Eddie Trunk is like getting confused. He doesn't know what to say. He's like, "Okay, so you would do it for the fans, but you, you need a lot. A lot okay, of money. but you, you need money. Okay." And Ugh. Drew, you heard this if you listen to the second episode a I week did. later. He explains exactly how much money he needs to make, hmm. and two hundred fifty thousand dollars a night. <laughs> so he'll play three to five songs well, for five hundred thousand dollars. Oh yeah, that's a good deal. What a bargain! He has with no, two people he hates. He has no pull whatsoever. No. How no, he thinks he's not, dictating not terms is amazing. <laughs> Zero leverage. <laughs> no, he has none. <laughs> Less and I'm going to skip ahead. I'm going to skip ahead to track number twenty right here, Mark, because in that <laughs> second interview a week later. Ace is remembering a time when these guys were a band and they were all in it together <laughs> and it wasn't anything to do with anything except for they just wanted to make great rock and roll and, and build the fan base. It was just, you know, awful one and one for all back then. <laughs> Today, it's, it's just all about money. <laughs> <laughs> do, you hear, do you hear himself? <laughs> no. <laughs> he has no, no memory. He has no short-term memory, no long-term memory, none of it. All right, so let's trash some more people involved with KISS while we're at it. If you sure. guys know anything about KISS history, Vinnie Vincent took over guitar when Ace left the band in 82. And so uh, track 11 is talking about Vinnie Vincent. That was the first time I met Vinnie Vincent. And I was a little apprehensive about meeting Vinnie Vincent because I've heard so many crazy stories about him. And, you know, I mean, I've seen pictures of him in a dress. I don't know what, I, you know, I didn't, I, the stuff I've heard, you know, is, uh, you know, I don't like to talk about anybody <laughs> unless I know I, it's a credible person. So, I mean, but Vinny was very sweet to me. I didn't realize he was that small, but in reality... Honestly, he looked like an old woman. <laughs> what? Not what? To say anything detrimental, but look at the photographs. <laughs> Not to say anything detrimental. Oh my god! <laughs> I gotta see Vinnie Vincent now. Yeah, I, I looked him up. He's it, five seven, oh. but Ace is just is trashing everyone. Hilarious. <laughs> So then he goes on to talk about, because he's got all this dirt on the band, and he goes on and he says... It's in a vault. Well, yeah, <laughs> we'll get into uh, Gene Simmons' vault in a second. So then he goes into, uh, they just fired the person in charge of their wigs, <laughs> and that person is what? suing the band Kiss over wrongful termination. <laughs> like he's just bringing up random shit. You're like, okay, we don't know any of the details. Who cares? What do you I've mean? Never, have you heard that story before? That they're firing the person who... Gave them who provided their wigs. I've never heard that. 
No, I don't think it's a big deal. I, don't, I mean, if, if you have someone working for you and he's not working out, you're allowed to fire them. It's- I mean, he's obviously just, <laughs> is he trying to make fun of the fact that people in the band are bald? Is he talking about Gene or is he is Paul wearing a hairpiece too, I guess? It's in the manuscript. Well, he does say that he wears a wig too. Oh, he does. There's nothing wrong with that. I wear a wig. <laughs> but we got more dirt. We got more dirt on uh, Gene Simmons. Watch out, guys. This is oh, something no. about big... I was sitting in a van with Jane during the reunion tour, and I was sitting next to him, and he was on the phone with his attorney, and he said, I heard, overheard him saying, his attorney say, Jane, you owe this party $20,000. Gene says, fuck him. It'll cost him $20,000 to get it. He says, don't pay him. Now, I, I can't do that to people. <laughs> So guys, this just in, Gene is a cutthroat businessman. Exactly. I mean, I, I love that he fa- he thinks that they're gonna he's gonna ruin their lives, the information he has. That's not news. No. You no. gotta go with something better than that if you're gonna get KISS fans to turn on Gene Simmons. Yeah, just start, just start demanding a few KISS collectibles from Gene's personal stash, Ace, and then you'll find out how tough it is. So this is hilarious. Track number 13, I guess that Gene had reached out to Ace to go on tour with him when Gene was promoting this thing called Gene Simmons Vault. Oh, yes. And I'll explain, I'll explain what that is if you don't remember, but play this first. And, and then why did he invite me to go on tour with him in Australia? And why did he invite me to go on tour with him to help promote his, uh, those silly safe people? <laughs> what were they called? <laughs> Silly safe. The silly safe. They should have been called Gene Silly Safe. What were they called again? The vault. The vault experience. Yeah, he should have pole vaulted. What? Oh, my God. You know, he was on a roll there, and then he ended it with pole vaulting. He he invited Ace because Ace is cheaper than Paul. That's my opinion. Yeah, probably. Now, if you guys remember Gene Simmons' vault, this included... 10 CDs, which were 151 songs selected from demos made by Gene Simmons throughout his entire career. Ooh. And it came with a road case, a Gene Simmons action figure, a book, <laughs> and a medallion. What do you think that cost, guys, for the uh, the Was ball? it like two grand, two grand? Yeah, 2500 Something like that, yeah. Exactly right. $2,000. Or the producer experience in which purchasing fans are given exclusive studio time with Simmons in addition to access to more unreleased recorded recordings, that was $25,000. Or the Gene Simmons Vault home experience where Simmons will personally make the delivery to your home, and that was $50,000. What a stupid present. A $48,000 appearance. (laughs) Do, Do we know if anybody ever bought that? Yeah, I think they did. Really? I think there were a couple where Gene actually showed up. I'd love I think to so. talk to those people. $48,000. Jesus. Oh, well, long, I wonder how long he think, had to stay, too. Do you think Gene respected those people? No, He's not just no. like, all right, yeah, well, hit me up. We'll do dinner sometime. No, you know? no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Did you pick up on Drew that Ace is a very religious guy? There were, After this, there was a lot of talk about the devil and... People are going to have to face the devil and stuff. I was like, oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't get into that part. I was more into the part where uh, Paul called him and told him to fuck off. <laughs> okay, let's and, get into it. All right. Yeah, so I, now fast forward seven days later. I'm sorry. There's a lot of buildup, but I found this all fascinating. It was. Because what's crazy is that 
Ace calls into the show seven days later, as he said he would, and guess who's now the victim? Oh, no. (laughs) I'm good. Let me be. Crazy, crazy, crazy week. Here I am trying to finish my new album, working six days a week, (laughs) 12 hour shifts, and I have to deal with all this nonsense. Well, let me ask you this before we. Before we me, get, hold on, me, Ace. Emailing me. <laughs> oh, Ace. Oh, my oh, God. What do you think was going to happen? He just shit on everybody on yeah. any drug show. And he's just like, I can't believe everyone like, reached out to me. Like, what the fuck? I don't, I don't know what's going on. He thought Paul was going to apologize. She's going to have well, an unqualified apology, I guess. Yeah, Eddie's first question was, were you surprised by the response? Like, really? <laughs> you were surprised by that response? Because I, I wasn't. So this is what you're talking about, Drew. This is Paul called Ace, like, right after he did that show with Eddie Trunk, Track 15. Update everybody, if you will, off of last week when you, you were on this show and you wanted the apology from Paul. Did he contact you? Yes, he did. Not long after the show was over. And? And I was uh, blindsided by the phone call (laughs) because uh, I saw his name come up on my cell phone. And I spoke to him a hundred different times on that number. And that can be verified by Verizon, (laughs) who is my cell phone carrier. so, you know, I figured he was calling me maybe to apologize or at least explain why he said that. Maybe sure. he meant it really more towards Peter than me and uh, <laughs> uh, whatever the case may be. <laughs> but instead of an apology, I got a five-second phone call which said, F-U-H, I'm not going to apologize and hung up. You can say, you can curse on this. So he... Say that again. He said, fuck you, Ace. He said, fuck you, Ace. I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> this is the only way this could have gone. I can't exactly. yeah. know that. Whatever he thinks he has, whatever dirt he thinks he has on this, there is nothing he could produce that would stop Kiss fans from going to their final shows. He's like, I will end their careers. Like, no, their career is over December 2nd. They're retiring. And you could say that Gene Simmons murdered a, a family in 73. <laughs> like, yeah, but I just want to see you know, got a thunder one more time. So that's fine. Well, Carl, how funny is it that, that he's like, you know, maybe he meant it more about Peter than me, which would have been totally cool. Of course. I mean, yeah, if it was just I about know. Peter, <laughs> why is that? Okay. All for one and one for all. Right. Yeah, what the right. fuck happened? To that? And then how about how Ace, the, I mean, this goes on and on. Like, first of all, Eddie Trunk's like, uh, was it a text? Was it a voicemail? No, he called me, which is like, no, I, come on, Eddie, aren't you listening? But then Ace acts like, uh, I got a screenshot, and uh, Ver- Verizon can verify all these calls and stuff. And it's like, no, it's totally believable that he would have said, fuck yeah. you. Why is well, that not believable? So, Drew, this is what's so crazy. I didn't pull a lot of clips. I, I found this kind of boring. But for some reason, Ace is trying to litigate this phone call. And he keeps saying, and you could go and you could check the records. People think that I'm, I'm Photoshopping this, but I'm not. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm good at it. He's, like, he's, he's going on and on about all of this. And... First off, I will say, because I've learned this the hard way, is that it's very easy to spoof someone's number so that when someone calls you, it looks like oh, that yeah. person calling you, and it's not. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen to me many times. Um, so it, maybe it wasn't. But the reason why he was going on and on about that is because their manager, Doc McGee, denied that Paul Stanley called him at all. Oh, wow. 
But he knows Paul's voice because he's talked to him so many times, as Verizon wants to prove. <laughs> Verizon. We could all do a Paul Stanley impression, though. I know it would be too tough. But it, it's so funny, too, because, Drew, they go into this whole thing where apparently Paul Stanley's on AT&T, but he's on Verizon. He's like, yeah, but, but I should still be able to prove that he called me. And Edric's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. We get it. Fine. And he's just trying to move along, and he, he cannot get him to move along. He just keeps saying it. So then Eddie asks him, did you call him back? And Eddie's like, because I would have. You know, someone calls me and says, fuck you. I'm going to call them back and, and try to talk to them. So track 16, this is how yeah, I respond. texted him right back and I said in the text, could you please repeat that? I didn't have my, uh, since I'm hard of hearing, I go, I didn't have my speakerphone on. Could you please just text to me what you said? Because I'm not exactly sure what, what I said, yeah. what you said. But basically, I said that because I wanted even a bigger record of what he said. Ooh. Set the trap. I wanted it in black and white. But it, it's on the servers in, in Verizon. So I'm not concerned. <laughs> it's on the servers. I don't know why it matters. So either Paul Stanley called you and said he wouldn't apologize, or he didn't apologize. Same thing. Yeah, there's right. no he, apology. He gave an ultimatum, and Paul Stanley didn't bite. Either way, he's just like, yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm not calling for this thing. Yeah, so it's time for the manuscript. Yeah, so so basically, they called his bluff, totally. and they said, oh, you got some shit on us? Go for it, because we want nothing to do with you. So now you can tell that he was bluffing in my check <laughs> 17, because don't, he decided not to release the manuscript. Don't ever sink to that level. You know, that's what they do. That's what they've been doing for years. Why are you going to sink to that level? So then I came to the realization that, I don't even have to bring up anything that I have hidden away in my attorney's Your silly safe. safe deposit box. I can just talk about things that they've said about me in black and white. They can't come after me after that. They won't come after you. What? Such an obvious bluff, and he got called at it. And I like that he goes, and I was talking to my friends at the church, and they were like, don't stoop to their level. You're better than this. And his friends at AA, all these wonderful people he hangs out with. Right, and that's where I realized, because he was talking about God and stuff a lot, and I was like, oh, that's right. He's an AA guy. That's why. Okay, that Uh, that all makes sense. But what's this? It's all in black and white stuff they've said about me I can talk about. I thought he was going to talk about stuff about them. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, like that just yeah, went poof. He want to stoop their level. <laughs> he's flipping the scratch. He's he's gaslighting everyone again, and uh, and again he goes after Tommy Thayer, who has nothing to do with any of this. Track eighteen. Listen to the first couple of listen to the first five Kiss albums. Tommy couldn't play a solo and write a solo like me if his life depended on it. <laughs> again, I'll say this: I think Ace is a great guitarist, but I, I'm sure Tommy could have pulled that off. I'm sure he could have been part of this band. He's also a very competent guitarist. Like I feel like Ace is overplaying his hand now. What a great uh, shredder he actually! I thought is. he wasn't going to sink to their level. What happened? Yeah, I know. Right, immediately. And ten seconds later, mm. he does that? And Drew. We, we played a clip earlier, and I was thinking of you, if you had Ace on your show. Maybe you've talked to Ace before. Have you interviewed Ace No, before? but we interviewed uh, the author of Kiss and Tell, which is by Gordon Gebert. And it, it is a book full of the most horrific Ace stories that are so embarrassing. It's really funny. That book is full of laughs. Anyone who loves, well, would love to read a book about crazy shit Ace did, Kiss and Tell by Gordon Gebert. It's fantastic. So Eddie Trunk is trying to take Ace's side. 
And he's trying to say mm-hmm. they should have had you at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. You would have killed it. I guess they were sitting together at a table mm-hmm. at that event, and, and Ace had brought his guitar just in case. Oh, and- did you notice how Ace mentioned who bought the table, too? I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, that was bizarre, right? He's like, yeah, <laughs> yes. I put up $100,000 for it. Like, okay, whatever. Whoa, okay. So he's actually trying to defend Ace, and Ace will not let him talk. I mean, this is a very difficult interview. That's why I thought of you, Drew. Like, I don't know how you would have handled my track 19 here. Because it absolutely could have been dealt with and happened for a couple songs. And the well, fans who fought. They're absolutely ridiculous. Right, but the, the, they say. the they fans. They try to rewrite history. Uh, Ace. I mean, Hold on, I, let I me finish this some, thought. I sent <laughs> wait, you wait. some screen grabs where Paul says, <laughs> in black and white, he created the logo. He designed the logo. <laughs> oh, my God. He doesn't listen to himself or anyone else. Well, that's another thing that's going on through this whole episode is he's claiming that he created the Kiss logo. Yes. And Paul Stanley is saying that, no, the band created it or they hired it out or something like that. So Ace wants, like, money for that, too. He doesn't need it. Carl, did you catch the part? Didn't Ace say as proof that he designed the logo that he sold his original logo for a hundred grand to a fan, which is not proof that he created the logo? Yeah. He's, he's like, look, I, I can even show you. It's not the original, but I can show you a copy of my first logo. It's like, no one knows. There's not authenticated. What do you mean? It's in no black and white. I think that guy deserves his hundred grand back. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Don't his say that. <laughs> All right. I have one more clip. This was a lot. And I just, I had a blast pulling all of this because I love the infighting and guess. It's I find it I do fast. too. I enjoy, I really enjoyed Eddie Trunk's show. I got to say, I'm going to listen to more of them for sure. Yeah, Eddie Trunk's great. Um, and I, I heard that that metal show is coming back again with Jim Florentine and Don Jameson and Eddie Trunk. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm a big fan of that show. Love uh, Florentine. So, Trek 21. So, it's so funny because after all of this, I think we've documented this pretty well. Obviously, there's no chance in hell that you're going to see Ace <laughs> really get up on stage with Kiss. And Eddie Trunk tries to explain that to him, but oh, no. he's not having it. Oh, no. For fans holding out some sort of hope that you're going to do something again with the band for the final shows, <laughs> I'd say at least where we sit now, that ship has sailed, huh? Not necessarily. <laughs> Mo- money motivates me. He's still negotiating, oh right? It's not up to you. <laughs> it's not up to you at all. Ace is still going, no, if they offer me enough money, I'll definitely do it. It's like, no, no, no. They're not offering you anything, Ace. They do not want to be near you. You can, do do, you can offer to do it for free, and it's not happening. Mm. This is after Ace is trying to convince us that that was Paul Stanley telling him to fuck off on the phone. He's like, no, 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 I, I guarantee it was definitely him telling me to fuck off. All right, so I guess you're not going to rejoin the band. Oh, no, they offered me enough money. <laughs> wow. So oh, delusional. Man. That's really great. Yeah, they don't like you, Ace. They don't. They don't like you. They don't want to play with you anymore. I'm just sorry to be the messenger, but well, no, that was fantastic. Are there any more cuts? That's it, so, buddy. That's it. Okay, great. I thought so. Um, so, what's going on with uh, who these podcasts, who these socials? You got a new show this week? Yeah, the the show that's currently out. Uh, I hope you guys have heard this one. I did Sophia with an F because she had Balin Dupree on. Balin Dupree is my favorite TikToker. Yes, she had crazy Tourette's. And Sophia has the greatest vocal fry ever. So it was a fascinating <laughs> conversation. How do you not laugh, by the way, when you're interviewing someone with Tourette's and you're asking them a question, they say, fuck you, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, it was so funny. She's just yelling cunt nuggets. You're like, whoa. <laughs> God. How, how do you keep your concentration during that? Uh, or not laugh. Well, yeah, it's almost impossible, but I we had a blast with that. So uh, that's what's up right there right now. And also on that episode, uh, as you know, there's a guy, Chad Zumach, who's been, uh, coming after me. We've been going back and forth a little bit. And he did a stream recently where uh, at uh, six o'clock at night, he was blackout drunk. <laughs> he passed out on his own show. He did. At six o'clock at night. And, and he was live streaming a show that he was making fun of and he blacked out. Oh, yeah. And there's, there's a YouTube video I recommend people check that out it is insane what was going down and actually let me give a shout out real quick to uh sherwood 420 that's a guy who's in the buzz board he always has my back he's a big oh. fan of the show no All he's right. not sherwood, no, sherwood 420 is great but you know what the, the thing about him brandon he's obsessed with 90 day fiance he loves that show <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a good show. I don't know. I don't watch it. It is a good it, show. Says, Carl is alluding to the Carl is alluding to the Michigan and radio television buzzboard in which uh, every single Wednesday after Carl is on here, he has this guy has to write just pages and paragraphs of how much he hates not just the show, but uh, Carl, who he calls KK Carl. Oh, I, I I took that the wrong way. Is what you're saying? I thought he was a big fan. <laughs> I was planning on offering him a free VIP ticket, Magic Bag, on September 15th. But you're saying he doesn't want to come? Unfortunately, uh -huh. I don't think he'll t accept that ticket. Yeah, the buzzboard's pretty uh -huh. tough. Although I've been told that um, since I since I bitched about all the bitching about us, that the buzzboard people all said, "Well, what's going on? We're fans. We just we're such big fans that we criticize things in the show." And I'm like, oh, well, "Okay, whatever." No. Whatever. Well, can I give an observation real quick? I'll probably get beat up for this one. Go ahead. This is what I noticed because you guys mentioned it on the show this week. So I'd never seen it before, so I was checking it out a little bit. And um, what they like to complain about is, oh, look at this boomer who's stuck in his old ways, mm -hmm. and you know he's not changing with the times. Meanwhile, every complaint is this show's not the way it used to be. <laughs> I hate it. Things have changed. Why is it exactly the same as it used to be? Okay, boomers. Yeah, I know. It's it's just hard when so many people are talking about so many things at once. I mean, honestly, if you read everything, you would think everyone hates everything and there's nothing you can do. There's just no, there's nothing. There's well, no it is fun because I get a lot of shit online. I mean, this is nothing new to anyone. But then we go, we just did a live show in Philadelphia last weekend. And you go out and you meet the fans and they're all super stoked and they all love it. And they, they really enjoy the show. And even the people who complain, be like, Oh yeah, I wrote that thing to you. Sorry about that. So you, you do learn that the people who are passionate about it are passionate every way around. So no, it is funny. And, and actually when you come here September 15th, it'll be a great crowd and everybody will have a great time. And uh, I, you know, it's, it's odd. It's just 2023. It's not 2000 when people used to write an email occasionally, usually very nice. It's okay. a whole lot different now. Yeah, and hopefully when I come there, uh, Mark and Jim will be on their best behavior. I know. I'll be, watch I'll be watching those two. <laughs> You're fine, buddy. Hey, coming up this week, I'm recording a new show tomorrow with uh, my buddy Blind Mike, and we're going to be talking louder with Crowder. Obviously, oh. that's big in the news right now. Oh, good. Okay. We've never reviewed his show before. And I'm bringing on a special guest who actually worked with Steven Crowder. Oh, I'm excited. Is this someone who has only nice things to say about Crowder? Wait, has Dave Landau finally accepted your third invite? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not Landau. Okay. I, I didn't even try. I'm not. <laughs> fool me twice, you know? Okay. Uh, I can't wait to hear that. I'm, I'm very I'm very curious about Crowder. I, I really got into the whole thing when we had Dave Landau on. I started listening to a few episodes. And I was like, hmm, very interesting. 
and I know it's huge. And then we went through the whole thing with Crowder and his wife and the, the surveillance tape. And that was awful. And we got a lot of feedback on that and a lot of views on our YouTube. But I, I'm looking very much forward. I will check it out, Carl, for sure. Hey, I, I'm just going to ride my friends. Is that a threat? <laughs> What's wrong with that guy? Wow. I don't know. I, no, I didn't know anything about that stuff. I just knew about the Dave Landau contract and how ridiculous that whole thing was. Yeah. So, No, we'll I'd love to hear more down. about it. Watch it. All right, Carl. Watch it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay. Carl from WATP. And by the way, um, hopefully, Carl usually makes it on our YouTube. So do subscribe. And do view, and our, that Crowder video got a lot of views, and that was oh, interesting to watch. And you know what? I watched it on YouTube, because when we were doing the show, I was watching it, but I'm looking at you guys, too, and I'm looking at notes. And someone said this, and I kind of agree, that do you think the wife was aware of the camera? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a ring cam. You you know you have that at your house. I don't know. You forget. You do forget about well, that. Like, well, I forget that this camera's on. Look, I know a lot of people, like, the first line of defense is, you know, it, it sucks when you're being recorded. And I completely understand that. We saw the Donald Sterling thing. He had no idea he was being recorded. He ended up losing an NBA team because of it. <laughs> you know, it's now, incredible. I will say that I don't believe that she was goading him and trying to, because yeah. she, nothing she says is really that bad where she's trying to prod him. No. Like, V. Stiviano was trying to prod Donald Sterling. Instead, what I believe happened is after this exchange, she was upset about it. They know they have a ring camera. And when she's complaining she about it with her with her family, I think they pulled it and then they released it. Because the only people that have access to that are going to be him and her. Yeah. So it'd be like if they themselves were recording and not a stranger or something. Do you notice that she talks to him like he's a, like he's a three-year-old having a tantrum? I love you. I'm committed to you. I mean, they're the strangest responses to what he's saying. Has he ever addressed why she doesn't have a car? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't see that part of his response. Because I want to know, where the hell's that second car? I know he can afford one. $50 million deals with Rumble can help you afford more than two no, cars, more than one car. It's a control thing. It's got to be a control thing. Why? There's no reason for that. None. Oh, he's getting pummeled, too. I see him posting things on Twitter, and then I notice, oh, wow. He's got uh, 500 likes, but there's 800 comments. And then you click on it, and it's all people posting the video or saying, watch it, watch it, because he's, he tells oh, her to yeah. watch it a couple yeah. times in the video. So he's getting pounded. He's getting hammered right now. Well, now, I mean, the Post had a story today about all the ex-staffers uh, that worked with him are coming out and talking about how terrible he is. Oh, I want to hear it. Yeah. Apparently, he's, he's like shows dick off to people, too. Ooh, so. It must really? be big. Yeah, all right. Well, um, yeah, why don't you dig into that? Because I... I totally, totally want to. Brent, can you, can you handle this? Oh, Lord, no. Yeah, you can. I sure can. The number one reason people put on glasses and contacts in order to avoid LASIK or other surgical solutions, it's not the cost or the mistrust. It's of the effectiveness, certainly because they let... Oh, Jesus Christ. You're fine. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. You're fine. Go ahead. You're fine. You can do it. No dude. editing. You're fine. Who writes these things? Eli? <laughs> Is that the... Yeah, that's... Yeah. He, he puts semicolons everywhere. Who the hell, who the hell puts semicolons in copy? Oh, Lord. Start over. Start over. You're fine. Go ahead. You're fine. The number one reason people put up with glasses and contacts in order to avoid LASIK and other surgical solutions, it's not cost, not mistrust of its effectiveness, and it certainly isn't because they like them. The number one reason's fear, but it need not be. LASIK is perfectly safe in the hands of an ex expert like Dr. Yeldo as are multifocal implants for people 40-plus who want to be free from reading glasses or bifocals. Dr. Yeldo, free of charge, 
assesses your individual situation with the comprehensive evaluation and then recommends a procedure and won't touch you unless he's 100% sure that you'll be so thrilled with the results that you'll rush home and tell your friends. That's why he's become the most trusted and most experienced eye surgeon in the Midwest. LASIK and lens implants, all safe, quick, painless, and it changes people's lives. Call 800-398-EYES or go to Yellow Eye Center and save 1500 bucks on custom LASIK by mentioning this show. And you are, love Manscaped. You love it. What? Oh, well, yeah. who doesn't love, love Manscaped? Manscaped.com. So you can get, uh, let's see, 20% off right now, free shipping, promo code DREW. And what does Manscaped have? Well, Manscaped has everything. And now it's uh, summertime, ready? You know, are you getting ready for your beach bod, Brandon? I'm trying to. I look terrible, but I want to. Well, you'll look better when you get rid of all that hair. <laughs> Manscaped will help you get rid of all that hair. They have the performance package 4.0. That's for your pubes, I think. Uh, no, that's the whole kit. Okay, that comes with the lawnmower 4.0. That's for your pubes. Uh, they also have crop preserver and crop reviver. Also for down there. The Weed Whacker 2.0. That's for all the hair and all your holes. Uh, they have nail kits to trim your nails. They have that beard trimmer. That's the one we use and we love. Shampoo. Uh, conditioner, all kinds of stuff that any guy can need to make his buddy look hot. So once again, 20% off, free shipping, code DREW at manscaped.com. Uh, trim your chesticles with the besticles. That's Ooh. your slug line. Yeah. Ooh. And uh, once again, Next Evo, that's the uh, natural CBDs you can get. Maybe you're stressed out, you want to calm down. Well, they got the Stress CBD Complex that's been clinically proven to reduce stress up to 70% and improve concentration by 50%. Or maybe you're like, God, I just can't sleep. Well, go to Next Evo and try some triple action CBD sleep. It'll calm your mind. It's got the fast-acting melatonin to get you to sleep fast and then controlled release melatonin to keep you asleep longer so you can wake up refreshed. Upgrade your CBD. NextEvo.com slash Drew. You can get 20% off your first order of $40 or more. That's 20% off $40 or more at NEXT evo.com slash drew hello yeah yeah well brandon you don't like doing reads do you <laughs> no i don't i don't is there, like is there a problem all. do we need a johnny cash drop i can't read i can't read you know i can't the, the find ballad that ballad of jesse hallam i've been looking for that drop for so long if somebody can just isolate it or find it's, it and send me the link to it geez i want you know what? i can't we, read. Have, we have never had the drop I don't think we have. Never had. We've just always talked about it. But it's from a, I think it's the Ballad of Jesse Callum or Hallam. It's a made-for-TV movie that Johnny Cash was the star of. Isn't there a drop? Isn't there a movie with Jane Fonda and Robert De Niro where Robert De Niro is getting on a bus and Jane Fonda's like, what's wrong? And he says, I can't read. I can't. I can't read. read. I swear I think that happened. Let's see. Robert De Niro, I can't read. (laughs) I swear. I, maybe I'm out of my mind. I hope Is not. Is it Stanley and Iris? Yes! Yes, I think that's it. I can't read. I, can't read. I think it's raining, too. God, the smell of chocolate chip cookies is giving me a headache. We need a longer break. You got a Tylenol? No. Yeah, yeah. Look under the counter. Right in front of you. Uh-oh. But he can't read. Uh-oh. He grabbed something else. He grabbed Rolaids. That's Rolaids. Run, De Niro. Oh, shit, he can't read. Oh, yeah, here it is. It's the... You got it right. Oh, he got lucky. No, he didn't. It looked like Tylenol. I'm with him. I can't read. Sign aid. Sign Uh-oh, he's trying to kill her. <laughs> Why don't you just come back here and pick it out yourself? 
<laughs> so pissed. I see De Niro rage coming on. He didn't even look at what he was grabbing. He just grabbed something and put it up there. Never mind. Hey, cops. Somebody's ass is going on the meat grinder. And don't tell me you're going to call your union, because I'm going to call the cops. What a dick. $2,000 worth of purchase orders for this kitchen never got here. What? What do you think? I'm upstairs chewing on a dead cigar? I got a bookkeeper. And maybe she's got bad breath, but she's got good eyes. What, a terrible what happened actor. to my mayonnaise? What happened to my 150 pounds of coffee? What happened to my tuna fish? Come on. Who's getting fat off of me? I can't read. You can get a doggy star, you can get a ling on your side. Who are you? What do you know? You know something I don't know? What'd she say? He can't read and he can't write. <gasps> oh, nice outing him. That's his story to tell, Fonda. That was it. That wasn't the scene I was thinking. I thought I remember him yelling it, but maybe I misremember it, like Roger Clemens said about. What did he say that about steroids? Oh, oh. Or was that about banging the fifteen-year-old? She uh, misremembers it. it? Oh boy! There's misremembering in Roger Clemens somewhere too. Now I'm just sound like an idiot. Misremember. Can't remember anything proper. Roger Clemens is in George's box. <laughs> kind of want to watch Stanley and Iris now. I, I have to get a copy of Ace Freely and uh, Kiss and Tell. I, that Mike Clark and I, well, I think everyone enjoyed it. There were so many great stories in there. So before the spots that Brandon hates reading, we're talking about the Crowder thing, and the New York Post talked to ten former staffers. Awesome. Just trying to get any information that they can get from him. Um, almost all of them, I think all of them, just would only do it in anonymity because they were scared of retaliation from Crowder. Right. Or they signed NDA so they couldn't speak. Oh. Publicly. Oh. Yeah. They also said, well, we, we felt like we had to speak out, not because we want him to suffer. Uh, we just want the abuse to stop and any future employees to know what they're getting themselves into. Which, which I claim bullshit there. Well, um, you know, when you have people signing NDAs, right off the bat, it infers that something is going to happen that you're very concerned about, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, what, in, the, what, in this world, yeah. What, what yeah. secrets I mean, what can they steal secrets? from the Crowder show? That What secret uh, sauce can they give out of his nothing? He's he's himself. He his brain makes that show happen. Yeah. So uh, this one person said he was like a yo-yo. He'd be very charismatic at times, and then he would be very volatile and controlling, and capable of working every angle of your emotions. Oh, it makes him like some evil genius. That's what he sounds like. With long hours, unrealistic expectations, and emotional outbursts, he often burned through staffers, many who were young, starry-eyed fans who had never worked in traditional media, and they relocated to Texas with an opportunity to work with their hero. So no wonder he's got some kind of weird god complex, right? Yeah. If that's who he's hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, he was known to expose his genitals to staffers. Many ex-employees told the New York Post. Six sources said they witnessed such behavior firsthand. <laughs> a former staffer recalled driving back from Illinois in a van after a college show in March 2018 when former producer Jared Monroe, whom Crowder dubbed Not Gay Jared, was targeted. Jared was asleep in the last row. Stephen was in the front. He was joking around about what he was going to do, the staffer recalled. He climbed over and dropped his junk on top of Jared's shoulder. The same person also claimed Crowder exposed himself to Jared in 2017 when they were in the green room filming a parody of Ghost. When asked about both allegations, Monroe told the Post, no comment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, can you please comment about having his balls on your shoulder? 
Uh, during a 2018 fight with six people from the company, another former employee said they witnessed Crowder put his testicles on his assistant and childhood friend, John Goodman, <laughs> who shook off the incident. Well, come on, they're buddies. Uh, you know, guys do that. He's probably shook seen off him the a hundred times. Yeah. A fourth ex-employee said Crowder exposed himself to former host Dave Landau at the conference table with other present. I mean, are these the worst allegations? I mean, he just sounds like a... Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a really big deal to some people and a not, real big nothing to others. Yeah. Uh, it was it's not. I mean, if you're if you are running a company, that's a really bad that's a, idea. Not a good idea for him to be doing it. No, it was childish. But then I found out this was something he did. At first, I took it as him trying to be friendly or one of the guys. Now I see it as a power play. The witness. No, said. I think it's a nerdy thing. I think I think Crowder's a big grown up nerd yeah. who doesn't really know how to play the social game. Did he ever it's, work in a real workplace? I mean, he was an actor and and then a stand up and then just a commentator, right? I don't know his history that well, but I, I, you know, I was reading about <laughs> he and his wife, how they were both virgins when they got married and they waited. And I just, I don't know. I just got a feeling of this guy sounds like there was a lot of nerdiness in him at one time. Yeah. And then he grows into a star. And a lot of times there's nothing worse a than a nerd turned star. Yeah. Sometimes those are the worst guys. Because all of a sudden they have this power they never had as a normal teenager or num kid. Numerous former employees said his production assistants, um, he would have them wash laundry in the office, including oh, his nice. dirty personal items. That's bullshit. That's terrible. Many describe Crowder not as a tough boss, but as an unreasonable micromanager who would send out unrealistic assignments after hours to set people up for failure. It was like a cult. Where you were all in, said one ex-employee, adding that Crowder, quote, did not want you to have a life outside of it. Uh, in 2017, he commissioned his small team to create a 30-minute A Christmas Carol parody on top of their regular workload. A few former ex-employees, none of whom were paid for overtime, said they logged over 100 hours a week. Okay, blah, 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 because they worked really hard on the thing. Um, in the midst of the product, Crowder sent a group message telling them to sleep in and come to the office a bit later one day. One employer remarked, sleep, LOL. Crowder shot back. Be a grateful little, be little grateful, buddy. I mean, these seem kind of like petty complaints to me. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would the, say the laundry's bullshit. I would yeah, not be happy with that. Those are really bad. And plus, those people have NDAs. So, uh, what can they really say? Yeah. Uh, when projects fell short of his expectations, he piled the blame on his staffers. We'd tell him things wouldn't work, and he would call the massive live show in 2018 not going as he had planned. I thought surely Stephen, who micromanaged the whole thing, was going to take some responsibility here. <laughs> Instead, he put the onus on his staff. His assistant handed each employee a copy of Jocko Wilnick's leadership and performance book, Extreme Ownership, How the U.S. Navy Seals Lead and Win. Oh, God. That's insulting. No, that's that's insulting. We all thought we were going to get an apology, but we got a book. It was like a sitcom. The former staffer cracked. Uh, I, let's see. I guess, yeah. Oh, yeah. He even outburst uh, extended to his father, Darren, who worked as his booker. So he would dress what? down his dad in front of everybody. Oh, God. He'd lash out at his dad. Yeah. Oh, he sounds That's awful. Shitty, he just yeah. sounds terrible. Yeah. And this thing about his wife. You know this thing. Uh, oh, we're gonna we're gonna open up everything. And you're gonna find out everything now. Yeah. That's not the response, Crowder. The response is, yeah, that was terrible. I, I feel terrible about that. I can't believe I would treat a woman pregnant with two twin with twins, my twins, like that. That's terrible. I don't know how you can say anything else, but no, it's, we're gonna open it all up. And we're gonna get everything out. All the mental health history out. That's. <laughs> That's just a big threat. It's a big power move. I win. I always win. That's what I think I hear. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I mentioned it the other day. I said, 
when we had Dave on, I listened to a couple shows and I thought, hmm, that guy's got talent. He's a talented guy. That's mm-hmm. a that's a strong show. I could it wouldn't necessarily be my first show, but I'm not the I'm not the target audience for that show, but I could see that show having a huge audience, which it did. Yeah. But I also had a feeling I just sensed something dark about the guy and and I I think I described it as I I feel like I'm listening to a know-it-all. Yeah. And and I feel like there's a lot of those shows now where the host is a know-it-all. They know everything. They're never wrong. The other side is you know, everything they do is stupid and I'm always right and they're always wrong. And I always wonder, okay, some of these people, it's a show. And when it's not the show, that's not how they are. But some people are always that way and would be very impossible to be around. And that's how he looked with his wife. His wife looked to me like he was treating her like someone he was dressing down on his show. Yeah. Yeah. It's his world, right? And everyone else is just living in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't even know if this will matter, honestly. Oh, no, he'll be fine. Unless he just has a complete breakdown when he realizes, because he's a smart guy. I think he'll I be mean, fine. He might he's come to the conclusion fans. that uh, he's a little fucked up. But, and that would make him a lot, that might make him a better. Oh, if he learned, if he did the work. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's no work to do. It's a matter of reflecting. That's yeah. not work. Yeah. Most people do reflect on when they have confrontations or they have, you know, unpleasant events with employees or whatever, most people should go back. Did I do something wrong? Did I, you know, but people that think they're always right. uh, And I I hear them all the time. They seem to be the most successful shows on the left and the right. The people who always know everything and always know why the other side is wrong. And they have 16 Mm -hmm. reasons. Mm -hmm. (sighs) That echo chamber. I just don't find them credible. I mean, some some are really good at it, and they draw these huge audiences. And and in the end, I guess that's what really matters. Yeah, they're very successful. But I do, I seriously wonder what those people are like when they're not doing the show. But you know, who knows? Usually, you never find out. Although, actually, nowadays you do find out a lot. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So um, I've had this sent to me by a lot of people, and so I think that means that uh, they think it's worth noting. And I do, too, actually. The sports bra. Have you seen all the stories about the sports bra in the last week? No. I I mean, Brandon had one in his prep. Yeah, they've gotten more publication, more national exposure through CNBC this time. Yeah, and and a few others, too, because I guess um, the spin is, and and this may be real, too, and and I want to say this. When the sports bra started, they said, we'll only show women's sports, no men's sports. I thought, really? Are there enough women's sports to keep people going to a sports bar? I mean, it seemed like kind of a joke to me. Well, I always kind of thought it was just a gay bar. Well, and that was their niche. I was going to say, I think think there's a a couple things attracting people to the sports bra. It's not just the women's sports. Didn't we count two TVs in the whole place? Which it doesn't sound like small. That's not like a sports bar. And and I do. I think it would be fun to carry a mobile TV, a battery run TV, in with male sports on and just put it in the face (laughs) of people. That would be really fun. But that'd be very mean, too. Anyway, uh, uh, allegedly, in the first eight months, they had a million dollars in revenue, and Jenny Nagayan, who invested her life savings, she's 43 years old, she invested $27,000, she borrowed 40 from her family, and she got a Kickstarter, which naturally uh, did very well, because people were excited for her. It got $105,000. Oh, yeah, people want this to work. Yeah, they do. So, Sue Bird showed up. Diana Taurasi showed up. Isn't that Joe, Joe Marasso's uh, ex? <laughs> So right. She wanted to be his love ex? That. No, she wanted to be his current. Is there some story. other bird? According to Joe. 
Y'all know 12 time All Star Super. I think we might need to get Joe on the show to explain that story. <laughs> anyway, she had some help. She had some hard scrap savings, and it's doing really well. I'm not. I'm. I'm not against her succeeding. This girl had a great yeah. idea, or she had an idea. She had a passion, and she's busted her ass, and it's doing well. So I'm happy Wait, for a her. Million dollars. Is that in sales? In or? revenue. Oh. In eight months. So I don't know what that means profit-wise. That's that's probably not a huge number, but essentially they're still in business and they're going to stay in business. looking at Instagram and they have their uh, sports schedule for Sunday, this past Sunday. That yeah. Went by. Sure, it's a great schedule. 11 a.m., uh, four games of women's softball in the Excellent. NCAA. Uh, one Next. o'clock is Georgia Tech in North Carolina, women's softball. Next. 3 p.m., uh, you had Missouri, Texas A&M. College softball. Next. Okay. Louisville, Boston College. College softball. You Next. really have to love softball. Yeah. But then, finally, you get the final round of the LPGA. Right. LA Championship uh, to round out your night. Okay. So if you want to go to the bar and watch some softball and golf. Love well, watching I, women's golf. I guess there are people that do, and I, I'm not I'm not rooting against her, so to speak. I mean, there's there's interest in this. I didn't think there'd be that much interest. I, I'm a, I, I'm totally wrong about this. Of course, there's going to be interest this. when every couple months they do a national story on your well, bar. Well, that helps. It does help. How many bars get national? Yeah, but are people going to travel there to go to the bar? It doesn't hurt to get publicity. No, I, I mean, know. we got some listeners going there. They got in the door, and I think they were scared they off. Kicked out. Yeah, they got kicked <laughs> out because, oh, there's no seating for you guys. <laughs> they didn't want them there. Uh, that reminds me. Did you see... I don't know why this. I think it's this, more the people locally wanted it to work. So. Yeah, that's okay. Good. I hope or, they're successful. Oregon, of course. I mean, why don't they deserve their own bar to go to? If that many people want to watch women's sports and they got their own bar, that's great. No problem. I was wrong. Now, this this hit me funny. I didn't really know how to take this. I'm watching coverage of the correspondence dinner, the nerd prom, which is an annoying name. The yeah. nerd prom. Yeah, the whole thing's annoying. And. The story, a lot of the story was about Brittany Griner was there. Which she I thought, was? Why is Brittany Griner there? She's she making there? the rounds. She was at the Met Gala. She's, yeah. she's doing everything. She's a, she's a bigger celebrity for being detained in Russia than she was in the WNBA. Well, like, sure. Brittany I mean, Griner was at the Met Gala? Yeah. Yep. With her, um, with her wife. See, I kind of felt like, like <laughs> this, this is how I felt. And now that you had the Met Gala, now I feel even more strongly. It's... Knowing that she got to come home before people that were there for five years and more, in some cases, to be out just like, woo, I don't know, something felt funny about it, but what is she supposed to do? If she wants well, to go and she can go, I guess she should go. She did in that big interview she did. She didn't mention Paul Whelan a lot. Yeah, I, sure no, she, she has. She almost That's seems true. like she has some kind of survivor's guilt. But my big takeaway from that first interview <laughs> was how did you see the big event that her and her wife did when they got when she got back, no. they played one on one. I don't know why I thought that was adorable. Tirelessly in the WNBA, it's the most competitive league in the world. Can you imagine being detained in a foreign nation? It's just this rough event, and you get home. And the first thing you want, I'm playing my spouse, I'm playing my spouse in one on one. I'm going to win. And then she was really excited because she could still dunk. Like, still dunk. She barely could have already left. Uh, oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Good for weird. them. Yeah, they're happy. I'm happy. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the Met Gala. This this event is. I swear. How can anyone not look at this and just go, "Oh, I I wish I, they'd all throw up at once on themselves." Feel, God, it just I feel gross. like they're all trolling us. I don't know. This is not I a real. Too. This is not a real fashion thing. This is just ridiculous. Yeah, they wore the stupidest yeah. outfits. And by the way, I, I 
had some tweets last night about what a stupid dress. And that one was, from Jackie Page, I yeah, saw. That was funny. Jackie Page, Jackie Page said, "That's a pearl. That's a pearl uh, necklace. There's five hundred turned into a dress or something." And I went, with, what with, a stupid pearl necklace. She, she did add with an eye roll emoji. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, she was amused. I wasn't making fun of Jackie. No, no. But uh, the most, I think maybe the most annoying thing I sh- I saw this kind of uh, file f- file footage uh, film roll whatever they call it. Just kind of clips around yeah, the joint. B roll. Yeah, B roll. And they were showing Pete Davidson, and in one scene, he's talking to Kim Kardashian, his ex, and he's looking right at her. Usher is is next to him. He's paying no attention to Usher whatsoever. Usher apparently, Kim has been going to Usher's concerts. Ooh. Like she's been to three of them. So the feeling is that she wants some Usher wiener. And um, he, I think he was. He was maybe trying to be the center of her attention, and I don't know if it worked or not, but then they showed him on the red carpet making the same face every time he stopped for the cameras, <laughs> which was this really dumb face, but I'm convinced that he practices the stupid face he was making because he made it every time he stopped for pictures. Yeah, with his butthole eyes. I want to I see what it looks like. His, his, his uh, lips are really flat. like It's kind of like a, a goofy smile, but I think he thinks that's a cool face. Oh my god! I'm convinced of it. I know it. It's true. I'd bet my life on. It. There it is. That's it. Oh my god! It is every. That's photo. it. That's a stupid he, face. As he gives the peace sign, it's kind of a smirk, more yeah. a smirk than a smile. Yeah, I think he thinks that's a cool face. I think he's. I think he is like moving to Fouts territory, where everything he's doing is to try to look hot. That one and picture, cool. he looked like a Batman villain on meth. Right, the the one you had up before, Brandon, with the full length one with the full coat and the purple pants. But he looks so. Bizarre. That's not a cool outfit. Uh, no. I, I don't think anyone was impressed, Pete. Sorry. Sorry. I like Jared Leto's cat costume. Oh, my God. What is a furry? Because <laughs> it's stupid. It was stupid. a legitimate, like, sports mascot outfit that he wore. He looked ridiculous. It was yes. Carl Lagerfeld's cat. Oh, God. I guess that's something. <laughs> Look at you. I don't know what that meant. I just, when I read that, I went, oh, okay. Oh, he did a reveal, like the yeah, mass singer? Yeah, because nobody knew, nobody knew who he was, who it was. Oh, who's in the cat? Oh, oh he's so cool. He was the cat. Oh, my God. I hope he had to sit in that whole f- that outfit for the whole fucking. Did you night. see? Oh, uh, who was the worst? It was the um, oh, Lil Nas X. Did he had oh. a really stupid outfit? And, oh, I want to see Lil Nas X. <laughs> he went as like the glitter troll from the movie Trolls. Well, that's totally normal. And of course, he's just in the tiniest little swimsuit, so you can see his dong hanging. It, it's also uh, oh, it's a thong. thong. It's a thong. Of course, it's a thong. This dude's been farting glitter all day. Oh my god! <laughs> I'd love to see him fart and see all that silver stuff go flying. Yeah. Look at his, what's all that shit on his face? <laughs> I don't. I don't know, I don't know Mark. It looks uncomfortable. Like, would you want to go out? It's some kind of a bejeweled mask, mask. but it's like glued on. Yeah. Ne- <laughs> all these outfits look uncomfortable. Can't someone just show up in like mesh shorts and a tank top? I, I was not expecting like, to see totally his ass. I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. It's like, it's oh my so god, stupid! It's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so dumb. We have a that ass, a oh, guy wow. in a thong. I don't know why that looks stupid. <laughs> it does. Well, not to mention he's painted all silver with a with a big thong yeah. belt. Yeah. By the way. Oh my god, and those nails. <laughs> what else you got, Brandon? I want to see more weirdos. Uh, I mean, those were the most egregious ones. The Jared Leto, the Lil Nas X. Oh, there's Lil Nas X at Met Gala 2021 in that stupid, oh, okay. <laughs> that stupid looks like gold a, outfit. Gay C-3PO? Pew. Like remember remember Florence Pugh? She looked dumb. She had a oh, yeah. silly hat on. Yeah, that was like, what a stupid hat. That's Wait, what is her head shaved? 
Yeah, she shaved her head specifically for the Met Gala. That or some movie role. Who knows? What a dumb hat. I, it's, you know what's funny, though? My, my uh, thought is, she still looks really hot. She does. <laughs> still looks really good. What about what about uh, the Jenner? Which one? Oh, I like Kendall. Kendall? She just showed up naked. <laughs> oh, let me see. Like, I hey, thought, she, I thought look, she looked good. Hold on. Where is this? These aren't it. It's when she went out at night. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, um, TMZ ran uh, a piece of footage where... These girls were all walking out of the Met Gala, and they had to blur every one of their boobs nice. because they all had their nipples showing. All right, hot. <laughs> yeah, here's. There you go. Yeah, there she's leaving the. It's ridiculous. Bar. Well, in other pictures, it's completely see-through, and you can just oh, there's your boob, there's your, and then oh, what's the other girl? What's the big girl in uh, in Hollywood with the the best boobs these days? Sydney. Oh, Sweeney? Sydney Sweeney. Oh, she yeah, great. she that, had one boob. That yeah, it looked like what? a unirack. What? That's really? what I I tweeted out. It looked like is that one boob she has? It still looks great, but I think it's only one boob, just all the way across. Her feelings are gonna be very hurt. I mean, they they looked amazing, but they were just. Oh, no, she doesn't like She's, you looking at her boobs. She's got Big oh, she doesn't? Dump. No, she doesn't like you looking at her boobs, no. but... Then why does she rack them up all the time? She and also dumps them in, in all the comfort. things she, she acts in. I mean... She, she, oh, she really hates her boobs, Where's huh? this unibu? She really thinks her boobs are... Here, I'll just go to Drew's Twitter, because he had a he had the perfect gif of it. Hmm. Why does she get her boobs removed if she hates them so much? Look at this, Mark. Get them removed. <laughs> Look at that, Mark. She looks great. I know. She looks she does. amazing. Look, look at the uniboob when she turns. She looks like a Turn, uniboob. lady. Yeah, there you go. Mashed in there. Yeah, yeah that's that's Poor that looks boobs. like suffocation. I feel bad for those boobs. <laughs> no, Want just, boob they, protective services they need brought to be in. free. Yeah. And needed. Drew liked it. Yeah. <laughs> the fire. Diddy looked ridiculous in this giant black cape. Going around him. <laughs> oh, it just looks stupid. It looks way too Gala. heavy. I hate it. That's so dumb. I get so angry at everybody who's there because they're only there to show off how badass they are, that they're better than you, they're rich. And what is that dumb Brandon, thing? Brandon, they're that doing other... it for charity, though. No, they're not. The woman I would... don't believe that because last year we looked it oh, up in the charity. What it is, the money specifically goes to the Met. into a fund where they what they do is they hold yeah. other parties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this Met Gala funds all the other parties for the Met. Brandon, who is the lady Bullshit. with the dumb black thing going around her? What is that, and who is that? That's Diddy's date. That looks ridiculous. Why would you wear... Looks comfortable. It looks Young like she Miami, has, her name is. Looks she has four, six giant cushions around her, like, latched together. How annoyed would you be sitting next to her? <laughs> Anywhere. <laughs> I know. Anywhere. Ridiculous. How does she ride in the subway with that thing? <laughs> um, moving on from the Met Gala, uh, Vice... Is going bankrupt. Yeah. Oh, really? And BuzzFeed is also shutting down a big part of BuzzFeed, and They're shutting down the the news part of BuzzFeed. Yeah, the part that was only only part that was worth a shit. That's the part that it had a lot of money dumped into it. Now the, these From NBC, it right? turns out making silly lists is a big money maker. Yeah, people would rather see those dumb lists than any of the you know reporting they would do. But, Which character from Succession are you? What, what's interesting to me is that they both had tons of money invested, Vice by Disney and Fox, and it sounds like what they do. And I, I've heard people tell stories like this, you know, in smaller cases where, oh, yeah, somebody invested, and the next thing you know, hey, everybody's making more money, and no, oh, there's a lot of bodies around here, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, we're running out of seed money. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not really, 
it's just not, I don't know if people run things with other people's money as efficiently as they do if it's their own money. Of course not. <laughs> Duh. What but, are you talking I mean, about? To the point that you're shut down, though? I mean, that's pretty unfortunate. That means that basically you took the seed money and you kind of blew it out your ass. They were valued at $5.7 billion. Isn't that incredible? Billion. What a misvaluation that was. What if they had sold right then? That would have been pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, BuzzFeed went public, and a lot of people said, why are they going? That's not a good idea. Anyway, the first day, the shares dropped 39%. Oh. <laughs> the shares were like Oof. $2, I guess, when this story came out. And it Quibi's another one, $2 billion. Yeah. And they just started throwing millions at all kinds of people who, you know, what? why is Chrissy Teigen a good investment to invest a few million dollars on a show? She's never done a show. She's not. Never. She's not. No, she's not going to draw anybody. That reminds me. Not to mention the, Teigen. Not to mention the concept of the show was ridiculous where she was a judge. Chrissy Teigen, you are a sick puppy and your face looks like a deflated basketball. Can I ask why was Hypocrisy Teigen at the correspondence dinner? She's also making the rounds. She's, oh, I didn't know that. I don't know. They she she had like four people that were hired just to carry her dress because she had one of those long dresses. Is this the Met Gala? No, this is the White House correspondence dinner. But why is she? She's not a correspondent. Well, John Legend isn't a correspondent. Yeah, but John Legend is paid to do certain things. Like he got paid to do all the voting stuff. And no, they they. These outlets typically invite um, celebrities, which now they tend to be more C-list and D-list uh, But she threatens teenagers. She tells teenagers just to kill themselves. Who invited her? I mean, she was. Would have, she would have sat at like the table for I don't know CNN or Vice. But isn't she the lady that was telling teenagers to kill themselves? She was. Yes, she did the work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot one detail from the Met Gala. They <laughs> Leo DiCaprio shows up in a party bus. And gets out of the bus, and four models follow him nice. <laughs> to the Met Gala. And then I think when he left the Met Gala, there were six models that followed him into the party bus. <laughs> mm. Oh, he left with more than he came with? Yes, and he had a mask on, so nobody could tell who he was. Wow. <laughs> what a life. What a life. Mm. He's one of our finest actors. He's a, he's a pretty fine actor. Is he due for a movie? I, Isn't he kind of? So DiCaprio? He's, uh, oh boy, he's filming a really big one right now, isn't he? Well, I know he was doing the H.H. Holmes movie. That's, I think he did that a long that time ago. That was a long ago, time ago, I but I don't, did, did it come out? And I, just I don't remember it. That's a good question. Hey, Mark, should I not watch, I, I just saw somebody, um, I forgot what I was watching, but they were showing clips of the Aaron Carter documentary, I I and they're like, I didn't like oh, it. you gotta see the Aaron Carter documentary, here's a blah, 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 and. I didn't care for it. No. I it's first off it's only an hour so I mean I guess if you want to watch it for is an it, hour is it watchable at all? No, not really. Not okay. really. I I didn't think so. All right. I mean I showed you the the best parts the you know when he met how he met that Melanie chick. <laughs> yeah, that's and then, true. Uh, Michael Jackson anointing him little princess of pop. <laughs> and then um, um, him being trolled on tour. So he thought I I my problem with that documentary in general is that they're making it everybody else's fault. Yeah. And Righteous Rick's not in it. Killers of the Flower Moon, that's what uh, DiCaprio's filming hey, right now. Why was Righteous Rick in the prep today? Is he in a battle with Bentley? Yeah. No, no, no. Well. Why is everybody battling with Bentley? What's no, what happened is, I believe it was uh, Soft Magazine had put out a picture of Bentley versus the Hawk. Yeah, which is a real two, battle. They've been bickering a lot lately on the show whenever they're together. And uh, 
And then Righteous Rick jumped in, and then it turned into like a 40-comment thread where then Righteous Rick and Jim are now trading barbs. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. We'll have to get Righteous Rick on the show. What Righteous Rick again, and Hawk against Jim? That could be brutal. Why is Righteous, wait, why is Righteous Rick taking on Bentley? Uh, I don't know. I think is he on his behalf of handicapped people. I think Sounds he like just a made a, beef. I think he just made a <laughs> just a simple comment, nothing even bad. But then Jim responded with you know baby kick insults and you know Jim. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have a very scary people update. Jim oh, is a really? shit starter. He's a shit starter. Uh, a good portion of our audience, by the way, is frightened by very scary people, which is only uh, makes sense. They're very scary people. Um, and it's the show again that I brought up because Donnie Wahlberg spends at least, I don't know, 45 minutes a season on the show. <laughs> a season. <laughs> he does. It, it shows. All that hard work shows. The too. inserts are so lame. What is that background? Wait, I know. It's, it's a nondescript a hallway. hallway with nothing hanging in it and very low light. Yeah, everything's dark. It's very scary. It looks like there's bodies there in those rooms. There might be. It? That's how scary it is. Anyway, I got an email. This setting is, the mood. This is really bizarre. I got a, an email from, okay, you have to listen, from a coworker of Larry and Gary's cousin. What? Yeah, this guy was a, he worked with Larry and Gary's cousin. Larry Hall, Gary Hall? Yes. It's Larry and Gary. People, Larry and Gary don't like being called anything but Larry and Gary. They don't like being referred to individually either. That would have been a great morning show. <laughs> it would have been. The Larry and Gary show. <laughs> Uh, Coker told him some grisly stories about Larry and Gary's dad just doing gruesome things to Larry and Gary, which we heard about in Very Scary People, that the father was, the kids were terrified of the father, who was the gravedigger, which is weird enough, but then they had to live in the house, they provide the gravedigger, probably because they pay him nothing, so they go, well, you can have this house, and then we pay you shit. And then his father was burying people in the wrong plots yeah. and just fucking up drunk all the time. But uh, anyway, he was just an angry drunk, and apparently he caught Larry, not Larry and Gary, just Larry beating off, and the dad whipped his dick with a leather belt till he bled, according to the cousin who oh, told the co-worker God. who listens to us. Oh, Jesus. So, nice job, Dad. Nice raising a serial killer Ugh. with your creepy... Surprised Larry didn't get off on that. The email, wait, wait, the listener worked with... The cousin. The cousin of Larry and Gary. Okay. So uh, the cousin also said that Larry had black eyes that looked through you. Oh. He's a longtime listener. He also added, bring on the chats and smoke out time. Oh, the chats are bad. Chats in Grand Rapids. Cam Gibson cannot go. He's very unhappy about that. He's a huge chats fan. Does he need money? No. No, he's going to help. He's, gonna, a, he's got a commitment. No, I'm going I'm to I'm help commitment. pay for his ticket. No, 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 no. I got you, no, It's Cam. nothing like that. I, I, got you, I would Cam. pitch in, too. I'll pitch in if that's the issue. That's the issue. He suggested he had a pretty big commitment, but uh, I don't know. We'll find out. Anyway, um, so I keep hearing about black eyes. I watch so much true crime, and it always seems like people go, yeah, he had black eyes. Uh, when he uh, stabbed me, he had black eyes. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, when he was yelling at me, he had these really black eyes. And I'm like, can't we just round up the people with black, black eyes? eyes get rid of them? Yeah. I think they go through some <laughs> metamorphosis. When they're really... When they're crazy? Yeah. It seems that way. But, I mean, if anyone's able to produce black eyes, it seems like they need to be put away somewhere. Black guys? Black eyes. Oh. E-Y-E-S. Hey, a <laughs> nice black try. guy. Ooh, fun. <laughs> so, I'm looking at uh, Gary Hall's Facebook right now. He's got black eyes. Oh, he's got a Facebook? Yeah. Why did you tell you me? You gave it to a black guy? Because I just found it. Wow. 
you like to see it? Yes. Hang on, hang on. Right, we switch that. What could be more exciting than Gary Hall of Larry and Gary's Facebook? <laughs> there he is. There's his profile picture. See, he he thinks he's pretty hip, doesn't he? Well, I gotta say that's uh, some pretty severe hair dye he's been using. Right? <laughs> I mean, there's not not gray hair. Has Gary <laughs> ever shown, uh, or at least a portrayal of Gary in in the Blackbird show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I that's I can't remember the actor's name, but he's he's in it, and he comes across. Very competent, unlike... Uh, yeah, Gary's got it together. Larry, well, Gary sucked all Larry. the blood and nutrients out That's of right. out of uh, Larry in the womb. <laughs> what a nutrient hog. He is. He no, is, he's very selfish. He has 220 friends, and um, here's his I wonder what he sucks out of them. <laughs> he says, hey, colon. <laughs> what? Hey, colon. I love to smile, so I don't scare people. LOL. I know God lives inside all of us. We smile and love to remind people that God is love. Well, that's pretty weird coming from you. It's really frightening. And I got to say, too many exclamation points. Yeah, definitely. I see that. Period. All exclamation points. Um, there's his old profile picture. Hey! Colin. Wait, his old... <laughs> his every every, every his post mark. begins with, Wait. hey! Colin. His old profile, but he's like Vince Neil. Wait, wait, that's the same picture. That's the same picture. No, it's it's slightly different. It is. He's Why does he change thing. it? He's wearing it. Hey! He's, he's in front of the exact same area in his house. Hey! He's wearing the exact same... He, is he in love with that jacket? <laughs> I, I gotta say, pretty cool jacket, man. Well, that wall is just a really good backdrop. <laughs> what is that know? painting behind what him, too? the fuck is Oh, you know what that on? painting is? That's a Civil War painting. Oh, my God, it is. <laughs> he's is he probably back in at, it. Is he back at the reenactments now that Larry's put away? <laughs> Oh, you know, you know it. Uh, so, yeah, the one before. Hey! <laughs> Thought I'd let all my friends know that I'm a real person! Exclamation hey! point. LOL! And not an E.T. Period. Seems That's first period. Loved all my brothers and sisters on FB. Ooh, seems like there's a lot of LOLs going uh, into these two, doesn't it? Uh, uh, there's his previous profile picture, <laughs> which is a stuffed E.T. What? Like, Get it? Because he's not an E.T. Oh, I see. Okay, so, hey! so that's a running, uh, running uh, bit on his Facebook. Yeah. Now... <laughs> Here's his friends. I mean, that girl's pretty attractive right yeah, there. she is. And that yeah, one, Amy. Some of them not so much, but some <laughs> of them are. Right? Yeah. Those are probably fake. What's his next post? That's it. That's he, all he he's posts? private, so I have to friend yeah, him. Yeah, friend, go ahead and friend, friend him. him. <laughs> <laughs> I will. You guys will be good friends. <laughs> there we oh, go. Fuck, he'll listen to our show. I added the friend. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do I have any common friends with him? He's going to say, I know who you are. We're friends on Facebook. No, he's not. He's going to say, hey, <laughs> Colin, who are you? <laughs> hey. <laughs> wow, man, he really gives up where he, we could probably call him with all that information. I'm worried about these people with black eyes. Yeah. I, I think we need to do something about this. These black eye people. Black eyes. She used the word black eye. Um, <laughs> hey, Brandon, you know that TikTok? The guy at working at Taco Bell. Oh my goodness! Have you seen this, Mark? Yeah, that's frightening. Oh my it god! It is insane. Okay, my question opioids, is opioids, right? <laughs> I mean, one hundred percent opioids. Yes. This guy. I, I wanted to tweet it Heroin out or... and and ask people, what is this guy on? Because we get to see him asleep at Taco Bell. He's bumping his head into the I don't know what the that drink is. machine. So what this is is this is the guy who's sitting here. He is in the line at Taco Bell and he is just waiting for his food. And he notices my food's not coming, so he decides to peer into the window. The worker is just, he is so messed up. It's He's ridiculous. zoned out. He's crashing nonstop. 
Head goes back. He's standing up. Looks like Pete I mean, Davidson. Looks, oh, 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 oh. He just his, his, body his, stra- his body straightened up. Face hit the whatever that is. He's just nodding off. He's on opioids, man. Oh, big time. But he does have gloves on at least. <laughs> so he's not messing up Can your he food. put one on his hair? Can he wear a hairnet? His his body went so far back, it looked like he was oh, trying to limbo. Taco Bell and Niles. I'm sitting here waiting for my food. What's the guy in the drive-thru on? Jeez. <laughs> this guy. Oh, my God. Now he's falling that, forward. That's like this. That's frightening, man. Is he the only one working? Looks that way. No, there's another that's guy. That's horrible. You'll this see. This is ridiculous. Oh, he almost stumbled. He's back on his feet. Oh he's probably God. about 20 years old, too. He doesn't look yeah, very he looks old. Really he's young. young. He's not getting much work done. He's not he's getting anything done, Brandon. He's falling forward. This is the Taco Bell and Niles. Oh, nice doctor. Off 11th again. Street. Oh, should we call him? Yeah, yeah, let's call him. He's back up. I want to make sure he's okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Now That's... he's rubbing his eyes with his gloves on. He is so gone. Oh, this guy's going to knock on the window. <laughs> now we don't get to watch him longer. Huh? What? Oh, what? Somebody at the window? No, I guess not. Nobody's knocking anymore. Where am I? Bro. Bro, are you good? Yeah. What's going on with you, man? I'm fine. What's going man, on with you, man? Working, uh, no, we're waiting for food, man. You got a whole line. You've been sitting here nodding out at the drink machine, man. Yeah, yeah and? Bro, you should probably not be working right now. I feel that, bro. It's just been a long day. Oh, nah, man. Boy, what? No, man. It's just been a long day. No. What do you mean, no? Dude, we're waiting for food. We've been sitting yet. here waiting. Here's your I fucking get food. that. Jeez. Unreal. Oh, do you want to call the Taco Bell? Yeah, let's call Taco I Bell. I guarantee it's Just to make sure he's okay. This go. kid has been blown out. I just wonder if they know about it and just want to make sure they know and that he's okay. This is in um, southwestern uh, Michigan, yeah, right on the border of Indiana. Bloop. Oh, okay. Yeah, drive through there on the way to Chicago. Yeah. That probably been served by that so guy. So if you see a big line of... Uh, of people at Taco Bell, now you know why. Because that guy was crashed. Man, shouldn't the other guy be employee of the month for working with him? Uh, Taco Bell, how can I help you? Yeah, is this Taco Bell, Niles? Hello? Yeah, Taco Bell. Um, I, I just saw this TikTok of one of your employees. It looked like he was a little out of it, and I just wanted to make sure that he was okay. I just saw a TikTok. I'm on TikTok. I'm on social media TikTok, and this guy has a video of one of your employees at the window, and he seems like he's out of it. I just want to make sure he was okay. He's he is okay. 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 So I wasn't sure you guys knew about it yet. Did, did you? Somebody called you apparently. Yes, it's been several days since the video blew up. I see. Is oh. he? Was he under the weather or are what? We, are we late to I, it? Has he been to the hospital? Has he gone to the? Is he in the hospital? Where can I send him a note? I love tacos. I want to send him some flowers. Yummy, yummy tacos. I feel like he was giving a shit for being late to the story. <laughs> he was. Yeah, it's been over days. <laughs> yeah, that wastoid's been on TikTok for days, you dumb shit. Hey, guys, slow down. <laughs> like the 50th show that like called us. Yummy tacos. It's a great song. It's pretty good. Tacos are good. <laughs> Thank you, drive through. Yeah, tacos. Yummy, yummy food. It'd be fun to blare this next time you go through like the Taco Bell drive-thru. <laughs> they just so act like nice. it's no big totally deal. Like it's on the radio. It's, it's just on the radio. It's just, yeah, what a coincidence. Oh.
when I saw Ariana Grande on the program, I thought that was a new something at Taco Bell. Worst joke ever. <laughs> Not to mention delivered at a funeral. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, um, also in Brandon's prep today was the the Post Malone little video. I'm telling you, he's yeah, wasted I, too. I think he's he on is, opioids. I think he's, he's working at Taco opioids. Bell. I, some people are saying his AIDS. I don't know, but oh. then they showed him driving somewhere, and he didn't have any problem controlling the car. It looked, it appeared that he was controlling the, the car. Dude, so for shit. months, people have been saying that Post Malone looks weird. They've been filming him on stage where he's jittery. And he keeps having to come back and say, hey, publicly, guys, listen, I'm not on drugs. I'm on I a diet. A, I'm on a diet. I lost a bunch of weight. I need to go on this diet. It looks but then great. Videos he weighs like, like, he weighs like 70 pounds. Then videos like this come out where he's super gaunt, and you're about to hear this conversation he's having with some fans. Doesn't his head look gigantic? Yes, and then he body, looks like a bobblehead. He yeah. weighs like 60, I would guess. Hey, guys, what's going on? Check this out. Hell yeah, man. Congratulations, dude. That's amazing. His eyes are so closed. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, man. Congratulations, So when people see this, they assume he's messed up because that's they've seen him before. Oh, he looks bizarre. Hell yeah, man. Amazing, man. Well, if I knew what was so amazing, maybe it would help. Yeah. And he's wearing—is that some kind of homemade camo? Uh, no, that's probably an expensive outfit he's wearing, Drew. But yes, it's darker camo. It also doesn't shorts look like... Shorts matches a shirt. It looks like a bunch of chewing gum got caught in his hair and people had to keep cutting it out. <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> his hairstyle looks the like... Best, that is the best description of his hair. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I think he chews gum and he falls asleep and it falls out of his mouth, ends up in his hair, and every morning they cut it out. Congratulations, That's amazing. <laughs> It's so weird. Play it one more time. I want to hear it again. Oh, okay, man. That's amazing. Oh, I'll play it. That's amazing, man. Here, here. here we go. Here it is. Hell yeah, man. Congratulations, dude. That's amazing. <laughs> but before that, his mouth is moving, but nothing's coming out. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Where's that kid in the Taco Bell, man? <laughs> What's going on there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's weird. Man. Is that a bodyguard with him? And why is his head yeah, turned yeah. like three quarters the other way? No, because, man, he's just... Oh, yeah, I can't understand until I hear my head. Yeah, Hell amazing. yeah. Congratulations. He sounds like that. That's amazing. What's that one drop we have? Like, that's a really good observation or whatever it is. Does he sound a that's little a bit from like... cops. I can't find that drop, though. It's driving that's me That's a nuts. great synopsis. Oh, synopsis. That's what yeah. it is. That's why I couldn't find it. But I felt like that's, that's a really incredible synopsis. Don't you think he sounds like that guy? Well, yeah, man. Congratulations. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. That's a really incredible synopsis. Well, that's interesting because the guy in Cops is incredibly being sarcastic. Whereas if he was being sarcastic, that would make it really funny. Can no, we I play it again? He, pretending he's, he's sarcastic. sarcastic. Is he? You think? Yeah. You think he's being Like maybe the guy said he loved his haircut or something? Hell yeah, man. Congratulations, dude. That's amazing. <laughs> he's saying, hell yeah, man. Congratulations. That's amazing. Honestly, what stranger could say that to Post Malone where he's like, oh, yeah, no, that's great. That's amazing. With his head turned like no. 90 degrees, I'd so, say. He so doesn't care whatever it is that person said. Hell yeah, man. Congratulations, dude. That's amazing. Post Malone is congratulating the stranger. I think he's showing his chewed gum style haircut off to the guy when he turns his head that way. Hey man, did you notice that some of my teeth are like they're metal, man? 
so cool, man. Look at this tattoo on my face. It yeah, says, I don't have any of my original teeth left, and I'm like 25. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't, he just high? isn't, he just, isn't that just weed high? Isn't <laughs> that's just high? Hell yeah, man. Congratulations. <laughs> it's not alcohol. It's not, it's not that amazing. Whatever uh, it is. It could be whippets. No, man. No, it's not whippets, man. Whippets don't last that long, man. That's true. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> That's great. I think it's amazing. Man. We need that drop. Yeah, that's yeah, a great. Yeah. Drop. Did you get the school bus driver drops, by the way? Well, yeah, I got those drops. Those are amazing. What's her name again? Congratulations. What's her Maya, name? Her name Maya is... or Jackson? No, it's Jackie Miller, man. Okay. Don't you remember Jackie? I'm, I'm done with it. That chick. She's yeah, great. She's fantastic. I'm ready to walk off this goddamn bus right now and let you people walk the fuck home. Oh, man, that's fantastic, man. That's <laughs> amazing. What are you talking about, man? My foot's going to be so far up your goddamn ass, it's going to dangle out your goddamn nose. Oh, video, awesome. The video is so funny. I watched it over again. <laughs> so goddamn funny. Um, Rolling Stone is, of course, just tearing Paul Stanley a new ass. But he's added; they've added D. Snyder and wrestler Chris Jericho to the mix because Paul made a statement, which is pretty out of the blue. Although I've noticed there's a few people who've done this lately. They just jump into the trans debate for no reason. Sure. And Paul said, um, well, he had a long statement. They only included part of it. This is the part I think that bothers Rolling Stone. Some adults mistakenly confuse teaching acceptance with normalizing and encouraging a situation that has been a struggle for those truly affected and have turned it into a sad and dangerous fad. Children who have no real sense of sexuality or sexual experience caught up in the fun of pronouns and saying what they identify as. So Rolling Stone's headline is right-wing media groups and anti-trans groups welcome Paul Stanley to the cause. Twisted Sisters D. Snyder and wrestler Chris Jericho also endorsed the glam metal guitarist. So um, I don't think Paul Stanley is really looking to join alt-right groups. I think he's he's sincerely expressing himself, and I don't know. I'm sure people feel very comfortable disagreeing with him, and I bet some people. What was? Did he have people agreeing with him? I'm just curious. Was yes. it all beatdowns? Sure. No, it was a lot of people agreeing with him. But that's interesting that Rolling Stone would just. That's such a fucked up headline. Rolling right- Stone is a weird publication these they days. They are. I agree. I mean, a right wing media group saying, "Paul, welcome to the welcome to the club, man." Is that real? <laughs> I mean, is, or is it real? That is right-wing- the Trump Unity Bridge going to be playing uh, Kiss now? <sighs> anyway, and uh, I don't know what D. Snyder or Chris Jericho says they endorsed the glam metal guitarist, but I don't. I don't know. Really I know what they you think. just made the list, and then. Um, this is weird. Now, I just didn't even believe this headline that said, Fart Interrupts Sleep Token Concert. And I'm like, how could a fart interrupt a concert? It can. A boring concert. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way. But the music really kind of dies at one point, mm. and you can hear something, and then you hear a lot of people laughing. Yeah, it's because it's, a- it's like a dead spot. It's like a false end of the song or something. Yeah. This is a really this is a one in a million occurrence. So, you cannot interrupt a concert with a <laughs> fart when a band is playing loud on stage. And is is this band is it is a Sleep band Token or? a rock band? Sleep Token vessel posting. So I, I I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I, I this is a live concert in Sydney, Australia. Okay. And this is a song that's a slower one, and so the mood's kind of down. There's a lot, uh, you know, a lot going on. And then, Let's go to Sleep Token Live right now. <laughs> you it takes a minute to hear it, but uh, you might have to hear it a couple times. Oh, 
you hear it? No. I didn't hear the fart. I hear all the laughing, though. <laughs> right here. <laughs> Just barely hear it, but apparently it's really loud right up there. But apparently it just completely shifted I, the tone of the uh, the audience. <laughs> they just started laughing during this. It's very song. close to the stage, the, the person that farted, I guess. I couldn't really hear the fart that well. I just hear the people laughing. And then, um, now why did, you, why did you put the rejection hotline in the... Um, oh. Because that's one of the 1-900 numbers that should have been on the other list. Okay, so what happened was I've been receiving a lot of people calling about the 900 numbers that they used to call. Uh, they've been leaving messages on the boner line. 209-66-BONER. And while I was listening back to us discussing the 900 numbers that Jim had posted on YouTube, I remembered way back in the day, long time ago, we were going to Windsor. And one of my buddies there, oh, my God, he ended up picking up some girl's number, bragging to us, guys, oh, I got it. Later on, he calls it, and he got this. And we ended up saving it and saving the number and giving it out ourselves uh, just kind of as a gag. But he legitimately received a number from a— Hey, Brandon, what's that thing that's up there right now? Angry racist couple go off on dude for asking them to exit? Was it, was, was that something you were on? You're not interested in my story about that? <laughs> no, I, I am. I just didn't want you to click that Clearly and not, not be able to Brandon. go back to crazy clips. Okay, yeah, I'm no, sorry. this was in the Go, this ahead, was go the to the rejection hotline. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the, this was the phone number. <laughs> it's lost it's it steam, did. Brandon. It I'm did. sorry. No, I want to hear the no, rejection it hotline. Did. No, it. Okay, the guy's really psyched. He got a phone number, and then he calls <laughs> the number. He's got a boner. He's ready to nail this chick. Yeah, and he's this pounded off three times. Hello, and then this is not the person you were trying to call. You've reached. Rejection hotline provided by rejectionhotline.com. Ara Espanol, o prima dos. Unfortunately, the person who gave you this rejection hotline number did not want you to have their real number. We know this sucks, but don't be too devastated. So why were you given a rejection hotline number? Maybe you're just not this person's type. Note, this could mean boring, dumb, annoying, arrogant, or just a general weirdo. Maybe you suffer from bad breath, body odor, or a nasty combination of the two. Maybe you just give off that creepy, overbearing, psycho stalker vibe, and the idea of going out with you just seems as appealing as playing leapfrog with unicorns. Regardless of the reason, please take the hint. Accept the fact that you're rejected, and then get over it. And please do your best. The number, the number was available in all these different area codes, so apparently oh, this was really? a thing at one time. But yeah, that's a pretty big dick move to hand somebody that card, unless they're a total asshole. But do you really want to piss off a total asshole? This girl legitimately wrote it down, and he had a 212 number. He thought she was from New York, and he was going to call her. And, and then, So it's not a 900 number, but that one just popped in my head like, oh, yeah, I remember when we had that number, because after he got it, I guess we never gave it away, because not many chicks were like, can I have your number, and we didn't, whatever. So... What what ended up happening was uh, we just would randomly call it and listen to it. But like you said, this other video is obviously a, a lot more entertaining than that. All right, what then. is it? It's this video that Drew was transfixed on. This yeah, is. Yeah, I just wondered who. I just I just saw it as like, well, there's some clickbait for you. <laughs> yes, and what this video was that I came across, people in bike lanes, man. Instead of just quickly driving around this car that stopped in a bike lane, this guy, who I don't even think is biking, I think he's longboarding, uh, he decides, well, I got I to gotta cause a scene. I got to get into a fight with these people because they're blocking the bike lane because we all know how cyclists love their fucking bike lane. So that's what this turns into. Hello, please move. Move. 
Remember there, you don't knock on somebody's car. No, that's that's going to piss them really off. Please move. You're in the bike lane and blocking the sidewalk well, The light's here. green. Why isn't he going? He, he's pulled over on the side of the road, but the side of the road is a bike lane. Now, this, the couple yeah, that are in there. Be, he should not be parked there. That's probably true. Yes, but this guy could easily just, just go, go around, around but yep. no, he wants a fight, he wants to film it, and he wants yeah. to upload it on the internet for points. Yeah, you're blocking the bro, curb cut here. Touch my car, bro? Because you're in my space, public Don't space. Touch my car, bro. Okay, move that. You're Don't in touch my, my space. Car, okay. Bro, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Please move. Want you the police or something? No, I'm Don't trying to. Don't touch my car no more then, bro. You tripping like shit, you nigga. Really what the fuck is wrong with you, boy? Bro, you laughing like, hey, bro. Hey, bro, real loud, bro. Check that shit out, bro. Don't touch my shit no bro, more, nigga. No, I don't give a fuck lost. about none of that. He's Bitch, using the N-word. Yeah. Right, I bet you won't touch it no more. I bet you won't touch it no more. Yeah. I know, no, I know, I, care, I know, man. I know. I bet you won't touch it no more. So I'll they get back in the car, right? right? They get back in the car. Pause for one second. I hope he touches leave, it. Right? Do you, A, want him to touch it? Oh, yeah. I'm so hoping he touches it. No, unfortunately, there's still... Like a minute and a half. Left Ooh, of that means he touches it. Oh, shut up, lady. Like she, she, she jumps don't, in the don't fray. Shut up, you're in the car. You're in public space. What? Nigga, you just rolled up and did like because this. Because it's the bike We're lane. working. The fuck you gonna do about it? I don't really care. The fuck you gonna do about it? What? You wanna do about it? Nigga, you touch my car, right? Right? Get the fuck. Move. Just come on. Hey, home, for real, bro. What are you doing too much? Why are you doing all that? Come on, not because he's not. Man, I don't give a fuck, nigga. I'm working. I don't care. You mean, nigga? I don't care. Bitch ass, nigga. This is because they white, they can touch people's shit. No, because you're making a noise. What if somebody in a wheelchair is here? It's working, nigga. I don't give a shit. You're making a noise. You're making a noise. Are they really working? Nigga, fuck you. 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 In the car, Wait, why are they unfurling, unfurling all these it. racial slurs? I got slurs. a camera on, Burrow. Who the fuck, you white bitch? And your camera you just recorded you pressing on my car. Right? Yeah, that's right. right. Guess, I mean, what's, so you're guess what? You're guess wrong. what's more in danger? You're, you're not in danger. We pulled over They're to the side. They're working. Are you deaf? They're working. No, because you're blocking Pause it for a sec. the you're curb cut for somebody. She's sticking her, her upper body out the window now to yell at My absolute favorite part of this is that there's a sign that says no standing or parking anytime. <laughs> yeah, it's in the picture as he's... Yeah. The whole time she's yelling, she's standing under it. I'm like, dude, just point out that sign. Like, no standing or parking. You're disabled, you dumb But fuck. they're working. They're not working. Oh, he threw a cup at him. Cup, big deal. Ooh. Another... Oh, oh he oh. hit him with the... Oh! And he left. Oh! But they left. He got his way. And the guy's not even on a bike the whole time. He's on a longboard. He could have just, I, I don't know. I don't see people, well, I don't know why, why they want to. Confrontation. Yeah, why do we want to confront this person and possibly have a fight with them over a bike lane? Now, why is it okay for them to call him the N-word in a, in a vindictive way, in an angry way? That's not a nice N-word. That was a mean N-word. Why is that canceled? okay? You want him fired? Yeah, so from want him the, canceled. You want him fired from that job they were doing that yeah, they just peeled away from? They were working in the car. Whatever that job is, they should be canceled from. Well, there must have been an emergency the way they peeled out of there. No, they just finished. They just finished oh, their okay. work. It was well, a coincidence. Ber berating that guy. <laughs> Whose idea was it to say, Stupid. we're working? Uh, kind of. <laughs> was not. What, what they expect him to be like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. That was bother you while you're working. It's not a credible answer. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I, 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 for who? What are you doing? I mean, you're working. working. He is not I guess working. the answer would be, we don't have to tell you. <laughs> I don't think either of them work, frankly. Mm. I think they were. I don't know what they were doing. 
I want your employer's working. name and your employee <laughs> number. I want sir. your supervisor number right now. <laughs> so weird. Um, okay, just to uh, just to add some new information to the Bud Light story, the St. Louis Post Dispatch did a big story on it today. Which I don't know. This is really strange. People aren't really doing stories on Bud Light. I mean, a giant company is really being taken to their knees. A huge company that's number one in their industry. And I don't know. I haven't, Has anyone seen TV news do a story on this besides CNBC? No. I haven't either. But the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, which has been relatively quiet, did a story today. And they reported that they've reported on the first two weeks of April. And I guess the numbers come in a little bit late. But now they have numbers for the week ending April 22nd that say the in-store sales are down 26%. And Michelob Ultra is also down quite a bit, which is a problem for Anheuser InBev. Miller Lite, Coors Light are swinging up quite a bit. The second week they were down 21%. The first week they were down 11%. So it looks like it's only getting worse. But some people were saying that these numbers are low, that they're seeing Bud Light stacked up everywhere. And bars are saying they're not even ordering it anymore. For 2023, they're off 8%. They talked to this consultant uh, named Bump Williams from Bump Williams Consulting, who's (laughs) involved in some kind of uh, alcoholic beverage consultancy. He says that if this continues, they will not be the number one beer at the end of 2023, which he said would have been considered almost virtually impossible. I think this is going to go through the entire summer. To be honest with you, I think that you know the peak beer buying season is the summer and yeah, summer and fall. I really think that people are going to continue this trend. Well, it's only going up according to well, that's as of the twenty second of April. Now, if no, if the media doesn't talk about it. No one says a word about it. Are people? He called it an informal boycott, which is exactly what I would call it because nobody is screaming for a boycott. It's like a, it's kind of a silent boycott. Uh, Bump Williams did say. People don't want to be seen holding a Bud Light. As far as Anheuser, the compass is completely broken right now. There is no game plan. They have no idea what to do. Um, he says beer distributors are losing millions a day right now and are positively panicked. Not Coors and Miller. They're both up 15%. Alyssa Heinerscheid, he referenced her and said she tried to increase sales by appealing to younger politically progressive a younger politically progressive market. Her big miss was not understanding who the core Bud Light drinker was. Her comments were derogatory and insulting and kind of implied that people have always thought Bud Light was a, they liked their marketing. They thought that they provided um, funny commercials that sort of hit the mark and that when he implies that her comments were made people as angry as the actual ad itself, that they were fratty and out of touch, that somehow this was like some new Bud Light that you were going to be, uh, they were marketing in, sort of in, to a completely new audience that that didn't really include these fratty, out of touch people. Well, I guess a lot of people think they're fratty and out of touch, and they didn't like it. So anyway, uh, the Post-Dispatch, which is in St. Louis, I would imagine that probably was an article that they put off as long as they could. Because Anheuser-Busch probably spends a lot of money in St. Louis. And then the other story I thought was really interesting today was the uh, Bob Lee murder story where they had an update that Bob Lee, who was murdered by, well, maybe his lover's brother. Mm -hmm. 
uh, it sounded like Bob Lee was having an affair with Kazar Momina. And her brother, who's a big cock blocker, and it sounds like he's jealous, to be honest. I don't know what his problem is, but he dressed down Bob Lee for doing drugs with his sister and possibly having sex with her. She's married to a plastic surgeon. It sounds like they were separated, though. Dino Elasnia. Right. Uh, All these people are from Iran, by the way. So it sounds to me like we have a very, uh, maybe a slightly misogynist brother who thinks that he can tell his sister what to do, even though she's 27 years old. And Dino Elasnia and his wife Kazar had appeared in a number of lifestyle magazines as this glitzy couple because... um, He's this plastic surgeon, very good plastic surgeon, charges a lot, makes a lot. She's this gorgeous wife. And so I guess a lot of people didn't really know what was going on. They thought this was this happy, glitzy couple, not really the case. And then they talked to someone else. This is weird. Someone who had met Kazar on a dating app years ago, I guess maybe four or five years ago before she was married. And they said that they met her at a bar with her brother. He went on a date with her. Weird. So weird. What the fuck is going on? She is hot. She's really pretty. And she also showed up at the arraignment for her brother, along with her husband. Uh, He's been in court twice since then, and she is a no-show. They didn't mention whether the plastic surgeon or husband, Dino, was there or not, but it sounds like... See, you know... Are they going to spin this as some kind of honor killing? Well, did you mention how, like, what drugs were in Bob Lee's system? I don't know. If they have to spin it. It might be an honor killing. I don't know. I mean, it could be an could yeah, it be an honor it killing? Doesn't matter. Why it, would he kill this guy? He yeah. had cocaine and special K in his system. They and were, alcohol. They were they were doing a bunch of stuff before. He yeah, they had been to his drug dealer's house. You know, that was people got really pissed off about this story today because. You know, Bob Lee had ketamine, cocaine, and alcohol in his system. So? And so people are saying, well, he, so he, so he it's okay to murder it? him? Yeah, so that. Well, maybe that's why he died, because he had all that in his system. I watched the video again. Honestly, that is one of the hardest videos to watch of this guy who's been stabbed, and he's desperately yeah. seeking help in this really nice area, and he stumbles up to this door. He's trying to knock on the door for help. He falls to the ground. You think, oh, my God, I'm watching this guy die. He gets on his knees. He gets up again, and he starts walking, falls down again, goes to his knees, gets up again before collapsing, and it turns out he died on the operating table. Yeah. Yeah. So if he had gotten there sooner, he might have lived, but so anyway. He's dead. So this guy, uh, Nima Momeni, is uh, apparently going to go to prison for cock-blocking his super hot sister. Christ. What the fuck? It's so weird. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's just bizarre. It's certainly not worth it. And the idea, too, that a 27-year-old woman... Uh, that is that his girl's nailing this rich guy? He should have been, been encouraging it. Oh, that's right. Bob Lee's a whole lot richer than her plastic surgeon husband. Yeah, She's separated from him anyway. It sounds like the the marriage was She's single. Should be happy. Was She's in trouble. Tons of cock. <laughs> I don't think he liked that. 
I think that made him jealous. But she's 27 years old, and if she is if she is doing cocaine or ketamine or whatever, she is doing it not because Bob Lee is making her do it, because that's not usually how men and women operate in the United States of America. They just make their own decisions. But this guy, for whatever reason, thinks that it's his business, and and you know he probably had the right, he probably had a point, mm. but to kill the guy? Are you kidding? Drove him out to this desolate area just outside this very wealthy area. And I guess he thought there were no security cameras out there because he stabbed him. And his defense is saying, oh, no, but you can't really see it. You can't really see it. No, so I weird. think it's, I have a feeling it's going to, he's going to prison for a long time. Speaking of prison, you see who else uh, just pled guilty to uh, their famous DUI case and is going to get three to three to ten years, quite the range. Who? Henry Ruggs. Three to ten years. Yep, he pled guilty to... That uh, rookie contract probably gave him enough money to get three years. Well, you think so? Yeah, I think so. I think he'll Well, you know, he had... I'm sure he had outstanding attorneys. Sure. Oh, sure. Well, he pled to one count DUI resulting in death and one count misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter. Misdemeanor? Yeah, so... Driving 156 miles an hour. Yeah, but one is one count of a DUI resulting in death. Well, that's what he did. Three to ten years. Now, my first thought with was... With what? One year served? You think he can... Uh, you think he can... Uh, think he can play after that? Yeah. yeah. I think he thinks How old he can. Will he be? Oh, no. There's no doubt he <laughs> thinks he can. He's been there's, doing a lot of push-ups in prison. He's going to be 27. There's... N- yeah. If he gets out in three years. be able to play. You don't think so? That's, no. I, being out of the game that long? Maybe tough. he can join the Albany Empire. Well, that he could, yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever XFL, USFL remains. You know, but then again, you know, his body's not going to take a beating unless his ass gets pounded in prison a lot. I mean, <laughs> when he falls in love, <laughs> gets, gets married, I'm just his asshole might get oh. out. Just well, maybe that'll increase his forty time. I'll be running away from him. We have the uh, eighteen minute interview yes. with Gordon Lightfoot coming up too. Just so you guys know. The other uh, celebrity legal cases, Steven Tyler was uh, in court today defending his, the, the trial. Was he actually in court? Well, his lawyers were. I don't know if... Of course. Uh, but, but I they, hate these people that never show up for their own fucking case when they're guilty as fuck. They're weaseling and trying to get out of it by saying, hey, uh, you shouldn't be suing me. You should be suing Star Magazine because they're the one that released your name when the memoir came out. We changed your name in the memoir. <sighs> I think in the epilogue of the book, they actually had her name. Did they? I think they did. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that's his defense. Like, really? But she's the, not in the book, in the actual description of what's going on as he's telling his, you know, that part of his life story. He uses a fake name. That's yeah. true. Um, and then they also are trying to claim, well, you know, the statute of limitations has passed. It's been 11 years. So we have all these diversions, but n- the defense is never, I didn't do that. Wait, 11 years? No, this was... She waited 11 years to sue because the book was out in 20. Oh, 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 I see. Well, well, again, the defense is never, well, I ain't do that. No, they'll, they'll it's, always it's do whatever legal, whatever they have to do to get out maneuvers. of maneuvers. In why his Aerosmith van. I'm sorry, I have a hard time understanding. Why doesn't he just pay her 50 grand and, and, to shut uh, up? And avoid all this? Yeah. 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 I don't understand. He only has one tour left. That's right. There's, there's no sympathy for him. And then in peace story. out. Nor should there be. And the way he way he Weird. bragged about it in the yeah. book is disgusting. I, and it just blew my mind. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
I guess we're done. You don't want to hear about the other. <laughs> Why loves. that just happened? You don't want to hear about the great love story in Hollywood. Yeah, financial hotline. Now you Lightfoot won't know who's down. married. You won't know who got married. Call. You don't want Gordon Lightfoot. Very exciting marriage in Hollywood. Gordon Lightfoot. He died. The spring buying season is here, so home inventory is on the rise. Rates have leveled off. And if you think it might be time to buy, call Hall Financial. They've got a ton of great programs right now that can save you money off your rate and even help you with down payment assistance. They just announced the 1% down program with up to $4,000 in forgivable down payment assistance for qualified buyers. And if you're thinking about spring summer renovations or second home up north, take advantage of the equity in your house now. Go to the website, click the link to get started for Hall's above and beyond five-star service just for our listeners. Or call 866-CALL-HALL and make sure to tell them we sent you. And I hope, as much as Brand's ballyhooing this, jeez. It is life an interview. I hope it's going to be here, Mike Clark. All right, we'll uh, see you tomorrow. Bye-bye, son of a bitch. Bye-bye. Wave goodbye. Goodbye. Sayonara, butt face. Goodbye. Hey, is this Gordon? Yeah. Hey, Gordon, it's Drew and Mike, WRIF Radio in Detroit. How are you? Good. How, How are you doing? doing? Good. Been listening to your music for a long, long time, sir. Well, thank you. We've had some awfully big hits. Thank you. Thank you know, uh, i got to uh, uh, just uh, ask you right off the bat, uh, because uh, you were born up there at Georgian Bay uh, in that Aurelia area, uh, we used to vacation, my wife and I, at Delawana uh, Inn in Honey Harbor there. I think that's right around the corner from you, isn't it? Quite close. Yeah, if you you know that area, Delawana and all that. Have you ever? Seen? Oh yeah, yeah, Honey Harbor. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Delawana Inn. Radio for three. Yeah, it's a it's a oh it's beautiful there on Georgian Bay, which is great. And you got a song about that actually, don't you? Christian Island, I think. Yeah, uh, yes, I do. Radio for none. Yeah, and uh, that's a beautiful beautiful. Do you ever get up there these days? Uh, yes, I do. I grew up in a very small town, and I. I came to Toronto. But, Gordon, as far as the uh, the U.S. charts and, and making it big in the U.S., uh, if you could read my mind, that was really what uh, what got you over here, wasn't it? Yeah, it it was. Uh, uh, when, I, when I got my, my recording deal with Warner Brothers Records, that's when that happened. Listen, like, excuse me for a minute. My cat's coming in here, and he's going to start yelling. I want uh, no, uh, no problem. Just a minute. How was your vacation? Yeah, everyone's wondering. <laughs> it's excellent. I recommend Delawana Inn very much. Well, no, I don't know. I haven't been there in years. Yeah, I, I might. Sounds like somebody. Oh, I know, I know. There's a, uh, we got an audio separated. Oh, yeah, there's a time. huge audio separated here. It's it's mm. kind of, oh, you know what I was hello. thinking? Hello. Oh, yeah. hello. Hey, okay. Mike, how yeah. are you? Good. I, 
well, when you when you wrote uh, the the uh, wreck of the uh, Edmund Fitzgerald, of course, uh, that is played endlessly. Hey, wait, I don't get to hear about if you could read my mind. Oh, I'm sorry. Steal my thunder. Sorry, we're going. That's okay. That's okay. We'll talk about both of them. Sorry, Gordon. We get a lot of we have a lot of acrimony here. My apologies. I'm not surprised working at that hour of the day. Oh, it's not that. We'll start with his question. Yeah, no, I just remember that. I remember that song, which just was on the radio. Uh, I was growing up in Chicago, and uh, and your sound is so unique. I mean, how you cut through uh, all of what was going on in music at that time. I mean, very unique sound, and, and that song was just a monster. It was on the radio like crazy in Chicago, if you could read my mind. Beautiful song. Thank you. Uh, it it uh, uh, it was a, it was a sleeper uh, actually uh, originally it wasn't doing anything and uh, the record company actually uh, that was my first uh, album for Warner Brothers and uh, they actually changed the title of the album in order to accommodate the single. Is that right? Yeah, it was. It caused quite a kerfuffle at the time. Boy, those radio are those uh, those record company weasels. Well, I flew out to Los Angeles to argue with them about it. Mm-hmm. And they, they explained it to me algebraically. They said it's the difference between X and 7X. And I said, go ahead. <laughs> it's funny. In the end, I think we're all as big a weasels as those uh, record company types, well, aren't we? I had a great record company, really. I, I, I had a, a wonderful record company. Please let me establish that. Okay, so they're, they're, only, they're very occasionally weasels, but not really. Well, they were doing it for a specific reason. The, 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 the singer was making it. And, and it was my first album, and, and the uh, the album had, was, had stopped selling, and all of a sudden a single came out of it, and they, and they suggested that we change the album title. We'd only sold sixty or 70,000 copies at that time. That is kind of a yeah. kerfuffle, though, to use your word for it. I love that word, kerfuffle, yeah, by the way. Yeah, word. Do you use kerfuffle very often? Yeah. You know who started that? Brett Edwards. That's right. I used it to explain my death notice here a couple of months ago. Oh, yeah, when the Internet hoax about your your death. Did you ever find out who was behind that, by the way? No, no, probably never will. Is that ever weird? How did it feel to be dead, Gordon? Did did your record sales spike for a second before they found out you were alive? (laughs) (laughs) They should have. I was on the way to my office. I heard it on the radio. Oh, Oh, you heard it on the radio? Talk radio. I heard it on talk radio. They were playing my song. They were playing If You Could Read My Mind, as a matter of fact, and uh, reading the obituary at the, at the same time. Oh, and what was man. the cause of death? I stepped on the gas, and I got in the office and got on the telephone, except I couldn't get on my telephone. I had to get on the one next door. You should have mm. stepped on the brake, Gordon, and let some records, uh, record sales roll yeah. in. Because you know how that is. Oh, through the no, roof. No, no, no. I, I was just wanting to get it cleared up. Yeah, I bet. Oh, okay. phone, phone all my kids. I, I Could have been X and 7X. but Oh, yeah, with the kids and all that. Yeah, call boy. the kids first. Don't you love uh, how quick uh, the media is? And uh, some, some people in the media are to uh, report something like that unsubstantiated. It's, it's kind of scary, really. Yeah, it, it was uh, uh, it was interesting. I, I I had to resort to Mark Twain's old the last word. In, in 1897, when 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 people thought he was dead, he said, "Reports of my stop death saying dirty stuff for a second, would you?" Exaggerated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Separate birth, Norm Macdonald, maybe? Uh, uh, not quite. Mark Twain. Uh, not, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, of course. Uh, the uh, Edmund Fitzgerald, of course, uh, just a monster uh, tune. What uh, What was your inspiration for uh, what What to possess you to write that? And did you have any idea it would become as uh, big as it did? Well, as a matter of fact, it was the, it was the record promotion department in Detroit that that that, that got uh, 
uh, Warner Brothers to release it as a single. Oh, really? Uh, well, yeah. you know, Great yeah, Lakes. Well, I mean, the song. The record, it was the record oh, promotion department in Detroit that, that got the talk Warner Brothers into putting it out as a single. Hmm. And is that the uh, the Great Lakes connection there? Uh, they, or they just? Oh, thought, they I mean, it's a really great song. About the song, they, they, they had a great promotion department in Detroit, and all the, the people were excited about the song, and they 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 went ahead and started started lobbying for it, and well, it came out. Well, you know, what's you to write that, Gordon? Was it you heard about the tragedy, or thought about it, and thought, you know, I'm going to write a song about this? I started thinking about the, the first uh, night that I heard about it on the. Uh, okay, on the keep your distance news. there, Liberace. And uh, I sort of Audio finished it about yeah, two or three months later. And, yeah, uh, Norm. So I was I was sort of on a roll at the oh. time, and I was, I was writing a whole bunch of tunes. I, I was writing an album, and uh, it was one of the tunes that uh, that came out of that. Yeah. Well, of course, it's played every year, and it's just a monster song. I was thinking, like, boy, you should follow that up with something on the Titanic, but then you get a reputation, I suppose, as writing about shipwrecks. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if Gordon Lightfoot presents uh, the, the shipwreck album, and, he, and you, had a, you had a song about the 12 biggest shipwrecks in world history? <laughs> yeah. And KTEL could sell it. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, we can make a real big deal out of it. I yeah, could, I could see right. some jerk uh, suggesting such a thing, but um, well, yeah. People are always going to think that way, and, uh, and it can't be helped. It came out, and there it is. It wasn't the first time that I wrote about shipwreck either. I wrote another one earlier on that attracted some attention two years ago called The Ballad of the Yarmouth Castle. Is that right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, now, cruise ship that sank off Miami on the way to that. How is it that a songwriter writes two songs about shipwrecks? I mean, when you got into the second one, did you say, ah, I've been there, done that, or, or, or were you just like, I kind of like the shipwreck thing? No, I said this time I'd like to do it correctly. <laughs> uh, I, I'd like to get it in chronological order, and I, and I wouldn't like to... Uh, you know, cast aspersions in any, any direction. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a brilliant song. I have to tell you, when the when the Edmund Fitzgerald went down, I don't remember it happening. I mean, was do you think as you were yeah, living here in Michigan, deal. it was, was be, a huge yeah, deal? On Lake Superior. Oh yeah, that's a, that's oh, a, a scary lake. Night, and she sank about seven thirty in the evening, and it, and, and it was uh, it was very windy right down here in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, and, and Lake Superior is such a rough, oh, boy, that's a deep, dark, cold lake. Very forbidding. They said he got caught by a couple of rogue waves. Yeah, wow. and snapped her right in half. And and what was the rescue yeah. effort? Uh, I mean, Gordon, you'd probably know. The Henry Ford Clay and the Arthur Anderson two and, ships went turned to go back and help. The, the the Henry Clay Ford wasn't mentioned very much. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's a really interesting story. It just isn't the. Um. You know, I I guess I shouldn't be surprised it makes a hit record because the story is so well told. You can feel. I mean, I don't know. I just uh, you paint such a great picture in the song, but if somebody said. Uh, yeah, I'm going to write a song about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. I just wouldn't find myself saying, oh, that's going to be a big hit. Yeah, yeah, well, about a shipwreck. Well, all those shipwrecks, that's, that's interesting. I mean, it's... What's fascinating. It's it is it, fascinating. It's a couple of clicks to the right of when you when you think about uh, songs, but when you consider that, writing about a shipwreck, it's 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 kind of it's pretty cool. You know, I, I sort of have maritime roots, too, and I've written a lot of sea-oriented songs also. Yeah. Well, I didn't well, realize you, you had... written written one on the Titanic. Hey, Gordon, what kind of a maritime roots do you have? Well, I'm I'm from, uh, from uh, northern England, Scotland. Uh huh. 
And uh, my relatives came over here uh, 150 years ago, and, and here I am. The song that I, I'm the most connected to, uh, only because I have personal experience with it, is Carefree Highway, because I used to live in Phoenix. Yeah, see, there we go. This is so radio funny. one. The first time. No, a lot of oh, people have been on Carefree Highway. This is radio for at least 2,000. A lot of people have been to Delawana. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I turned on to Carefree Highway. I'm thinking... Wait, this can't be. Is this what this song is about? Because I knew the song very well, and sure enough, of course it was. It's real. Yeah. Well, I saw it driving from uh, Flagstaff to Phoenix one night, and I was thinking about song titles. I said, I'm, I'm a little bit dry. I'm going to start thinking about, just thinking about titles. And all of a sudden, that sign went there. Yeah. 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 That sounds like a good title. Wow, it's yeah, a great title. It's a fan. It's a terrific title. Is that how you usually work from a title, or do you tend to work the I other way? I can work from a title if I if I wish to. I, I can. I can work from three or four different directions. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a it's a beautiful place, and I'm sure most people who've heard the song have no idea what Carefree Highway looks like, no. you know, or have ever seen a cactus. Or it's a feeling almost, <laughs> really, more than anything, more than a road. It's sort of a feeling, you know. June the thirteenth, Fox Theater. It's an evening with Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, that's Sunday, June the 13th. Now, why is it an evening with Gordon Lightfoot as opposed to Gordon Lightfoot live? We start on time, and we don't have an opening act. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that yeah. what that means? There's a 20-minute intermission. The whole thing takes two hours altogether. All okay. The, uh... well, I was just gonna, as, as a singer, what, what's your opinion of American Idol? I, I like it. It's a it's a vehicle for, for very many wonderful young talented people who would not have a chance otherwise. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. They wouldn't have a chance otherwise because I don't think any of them have the guts to go out and play the clubs until uh, they're you know blue in the face. That's, that is correct, but but nevertheless, it's still a tough business, and boy, the competition is pretty severe. For oh, yeah. Yeah, it is a tough business, yeah. and I, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, I don't know if American Idol has anything to do with it, but it seems like we're not putting out as many of the enduring uh, singer-songwriters like yourself as we were, and maybe that's just psychological. It just seems like there are a lot of people who get a shot, you know, who, who maybe will have a hit in the top ten or something, or, or, you know, something puts them out there, and then, you know, there's not much after that. A lot of them just disappear. You know, it used to be a one-hit wonder was kind of a unique thing. Somebody couldn't follow it up, but now it seems like we got a lot of one-hit wonders. Trying to get, uh, you know, full rosters in record companies and... Uh... Uh, a lot of product out there on the internet because that's the only place it can go to. It seems like 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 it's a it's an era that uh, the era of the singer songwriter seems to have gone. So it it, it really is is non-existent as, as an entity. You know, uh, originally when when all of us originated back in the folk revival that occurred between 1960 and 1963, uh, the, we're all survivors of that single little space right in there. Three years and then immediately came the Beatles and and, and and we're just the ones who have, have hung on through all these years and we're like it we we are we are a dying breed I hate to say it but uh, well it's interesting because yeah. you you were managed by Albert Grossman weren't you yes I was yeah Bob yes, Dylan's was a wonderful office what a what a lucky person I was to get involved with that office. oh you're not kidding were you working with him uh, after he had started working with Dylan or did you precede Dylan I got there after him, and he also had Peter, Paul, and Mary, and that's where I had my first hit was with Peter, Paul, and Mary. They got my material, got a hold of a couple of my songs. Uh, the whole time I was working, I went through the bars and the, and the lounges and the coffee houses and the whole 
the scene, you know. With your own songs, though. Through a couple of marriages, you know. <laughs> there was a price to pay. Yeah. You know. But, Gordon, when you were playing the coffee houses and, and whatnot, uh, were you playing your own songs pretty much exclusively or primarily? Uh, I, I was covering other people's songs and working in my own tunes. Right. Which I guess how you have to do it when you're starting out. Well, it's interesting you mentioned uh, uh, you know having a couple marriages and, and that, that that would be costly and tough on a family. And and I have to tell you, one of the uh, strangest. I had 19 years between marriages. I had them spread out. Well, oh man, <laughs> probably not a bad idea. I got married again when I was 50. Oh man, I got married the first time when I was 24, and the second time when I was 50. How many kids? Uh, All together, I have six. Six. Wow. Yeah, it seems there's a there's a couple kids that kind of littered in there in the middle, aren't there? Yeah, I have two engagements. Okay. Wow. Wow. Hey, it happens. I bet you were a babe magnet in your day too, man. I didn't want to fool myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gordon Leifel was pulling some women. Are you oh, kidding? Absolutely, man. You had it going, Gordon. You're not fooling anybody. It was good. Yeah. It was good. He's yes, got the, good. that unique sound. He's a uh, songwriter. Chicks love songwriters. Oh, and, yeah. man, he had the hit records to back it up. Of oh, course yeah. he was pulling babes. Yeah, he had a lot of well, I learned about the complications okay. as time went by. I really did. I, I learned to... Uh, but but getting involved in all that stuff, you know, impossible to. It, it becomes like like a juggling routine, <laughs> <laughs> and you find yourself living in a, in a deceptive way and uh, skirting the truth all the time. And, and it's not like that now. You see, I'm I'm by myself now. That's fine. I run my business. I interact with my my second family. I I always let the music win and 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 sort of let everything else sort of gather in behind that. My first wife was a Swede. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, wow. She's the best one of the whole lot. Beautiful. Uh, beautiful, <laughs> like a beautiful girl. Boy, get Gordon talking about women. And yeah. We could be here all day. She's a beautiful blonde, Gordon. Beautiful she blonde. She was blonde. Oh, blue eyes, right? Yeah, sort of opaque. Wow, gorgeous by perfect Very, body. Great blue. Oh, yeah, there you man. go. Well, that's why if you could read my mind, you know, relationships wow. and uh, in fact, uh, Gordon, you've changed some of the. You changed, didn't you? Change one word in if you could read my mind. Well, my daughter made me do that. She well, did. My eldest daughter. Uh. She said it's not supposed to be you. It's supposed to be we. <laughs> and what what was the line? The feelings that you lack. <laughs> Boy, that was pretty rough, Gordon. Mutual, you know, it's supposed to be a mutual thing. Yeah. And what did you think? She, what did you think the feeling was that she was lacking? By the way, just it's just curious. Oh, I don't know. Communication. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, in the evening with Gordon Lightfoot, it's uh, June the thirteenth at the Fox Theater, and uh, Gordon, it's been great talking to you. We sure appreciate all the time, and and wish you the best, and we'll see you in June or June the thirteenth, Mike. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Great to talk to you, Gordon. All right. Thanks so much. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, he. He. I, I'm still. Uh, Norm Macdonald is not bad. Norm Macdonald no. is very close, but there's something else in there. They're uh, both from Canada, too. Norm and him. Yeah. Quebec and, yeah, uh, and uh, Ontario. Yeah, Ontario, yeah. Hey, yeah. keep your distance there, Liberace. It's funny. I never quite could imagine the interview with Gordon Lightfoot when it would ever happen. No. Because no. <laughs> we've, we've talked about the Edmund Fitzgerald so much. Oh, I know. And, you know. <laughs> 
It's such a it's such a bizarre sounding you know I mean this guy really is very unique and it probably wasn't easy for a guy like him to cut through it's just it's just a great story I guess yeah I guess Edmund Fitzgerald did did he not say at some point that he had was it maritime roots yes 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 <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever said that on this program and no one we'll never ever will either never maritime roots wow, that's interesting he's an interesting guy he is an interesting guy. He's I never thought he'd be talking about all the, all the babes he nailed. I know. It. But that's what, you know, reading his bio, it's like, uh, while he, he strikes you as a guy that not so much on smoking and drinking and all that kind of thing, but boy, when you look at you look at the business with the women, it's like, you know what? This guy was a skirt chaser big time. Well, yeah, he's got the two families, <laughs> and then he's got two other kids. There's yes. two strays coming yeah. there. It's like, wait, uh, okay, I see he's got the first marriage, two yeah. kids, second marriage. Wait, he's father of six. Mm-hmm. Where'd the other two come in? Yeah. What happened there? Women were his weakness. There's no question about that. And booze. He had a boozy period, too. Yeah. That probably uh, didn't help much. He, he, acknowledged, <laughs> he acknowledged the horror. Though the oh, deception yeah. and all that, oh, he is no longer with us. <laughs> he died. Shiny and sparkly, and splendidly bright. Here one day, gone one night, gone too soon. <laughs>